Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. bunch of stuff went down right at the tail end of the show yesterday, Kevin, so that means we got to, like, play catch-up before we can even get to today's stuff. And today's stuff, it's juicy stuff today, man. I'm here for it. We're, we're going to do something that we normally don't do. We're, we're, we're not going to stick to sports today. We're, huh? We're, you know, I know people get upset, and we usually we listen to everybody, and we try to stick to sports, but today it's it's just too hard. Man, you we know a lot talk- of people out there are sensitive about that I know, type we, of conversation. We, we, we got to talk about something that, that means something, you know, not like the other political stuff. I mean, treating people equally. I mean, come on. We're not going to waste our time talking about that. I mean, that's the stupid politics. We're going to talk about the politics that actually benefit benefit us and that is giving us our big 10 football how about that no uh and also but by the way the irony is there big time you gotta admit folks for you stick to sports people i mean it's gonna be a very difficult day for you out there who like to preach the stick to sports when all of a sudden politics might give you your damn football back coming up here this fall and then i'm a hypocrite too because part of me is like Okay, I'm, I'm kind of excited to have football back, you know, so like, it's really not that big a deal. Anyways, I hope everyone had a good day. Um, we got plenty to get into. How about this? This news just broke before. The Cincinnati Bengals extend Joe Mixon four years, $48 million. So that wraps Joe Mixon up for the next five years. I like when teams do this to a certain extent because it makes sense to do it now, even though I'm not a fan of paying running backs. But the Bengals are in a situation to do it. You just drafted Joe Burrow. You got four years of Joe Burrow in a rookie deal. Um, you know, you haven't given that max extension. I think that extension talk with A.J. Green, depending on what kind of year he has, that's going to put that in question. So we'll get to all that Bengals stuff coming up in a moment. I kind of don't mind it. You have your you know, running back and quarterback now set moving forward. You just drafted T. Higgins. The trio moving forward, the face of the Bengals organization now, uh, as far as the offense goes for Zach Taylor. And again, I don't compliment them often. However... You have to feel good if you're the Bengals a little bit because now you have your core wrapped up. You have T. Higgins for four years, assuming that he is a breakout wide receiver star. You know what I mean? So, assuming you have T. Higgins for four years, you have Joe Burrow for your four years, and now you have Joe Mixon um, for five more years, including this season coming up four years after that. So, good good for the Bengals. I'll give them that. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get back into that and more. I give Mike Brown a lot of credit for this particular stretch of football. Uh, he spent a ton of money. I question some of the talent he brought in. Uh, sometimes I feel like he just brought in talent to bring in talent, and uh, the fact that you spent that much and you're still not sure how much better your team is than a year ago, that that's where I kind of get a little iffy. Uh, but no, we'll, we'll get into the Bengals stuff in just a moment. But I want to open up, well, we'll open up the phone lines. How about that? 457-9464. So much to get into. You can listen to the show, stream the show, and now watch. We are live on Facebook. Search The Justin Kinner Show on Facebook and hang out with us weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. But let's dive in headfirst, shall we? Plenty to dive into here. How about this? So, the Donald, the Donald reached out to Kevin Warren, and they debated their approval ratings. <laughs> 
some, I mean, I think Kevin Warren got the short end of the stick on that, to be honest with you. The Donald and Kevin Warren were debating their, their approval ratings, and the Donald said, hey, how can I help you improve your, your approval ratings? I have the greatest approval ratings ever of all time, uh, quote the Donald. And Kevin Warren says, I want to be like the Donald, too. I want to have high approval ratings. So the, Kevin Warren uh, and apparently Donald Trump, the Donald, are working together now to potentially get a football season going or a Big Ten season going this fall. There are so many jokes and all that stuff, and again, trying to keep it light here. But regardless, I I find this interesting. Um, I find this interesting on multiple levels. For one, the Donald gets involved with the Big Ten, but not the Pac-12. The Donald is so passionate about we should not be having football put off to the side for this virus, but yet you're only giving attention to one conference. And I don't want to hear, well, the Pac-12's a joke, yada, yada, yada. Take Ohio State out of the Big Ten, and the Big Ten and the Pac-12 kind of even out one another. Let's just put it that way. So let's get that out of the way now. The bottom line is, is this might lead to there being football. However, if you read the statement, it kind of just said, hey, yes, they had a conversation, um, and but they are still, you know, they are going to do what's best for the student, for the student athletes and bring them back in a you know in a time that they feel is best it wasn't very like affirmative that yes we are for sure doing this it was just very hey we're having discussions now i don't know i mean that's a good thing having discussions is better than just having the car parked and you know what i mean so mm-hmm. this is going to be interesting as far as what com- what comes next my thing is this kev the big 10 loves you he loves you not the Big Ten loves you, loves you not. The Big Ten loves you. We're going to find out if it's true or not, though. Uh, this, you know, the ball is rolling. The selfish football fan part of me is like, hey, you know what? This is a good thing. This is a good thing. But last night, I irritated a bunch of Buckeye fans. Go figure. Because I, you know, right when we went off the air yesterday, uh, ESPN and again it wasn't ESPN. Well, ESPN's article is the one we were referring to. The vote came out. You know, the official vote for the Big Ten as far as university presidents, it was 11 to 3. 11 of the 14 Big Ten university presidents voted to postpone the season. And, again, I checked social media, which I shouldn't have. And how many people on social media were like, lies, lies. These numbers are lies. You know, lies. Uh, Minnesota's president said there wasn't one. Well, I don't know. I mean, okay. So, again, this is the whole thing of... It was a waste of time. I don't want. To, I don't care about the real reasons why the Big Ten season was pulled because unless the Big Ten comes back and says, "Okay, we're going to play," everyone is going to continue complaining. No, I mean, when like when I hear the parents of the players and when I hear the you know the fans and the and the the media, the fanboy media, and when I hear all them and they're talking about, you know, we just want transparency. We want answers. Answer. It wouldn't matter because unless the answer is we're going to play again, you don't want to hear anything. You don't want to hear anything about it. So that, that's what's amazing to me is and even if the Big Ten came out and said, hey, our medical experts said this, that's why we don't want to play. You know what they'll say? Well, the medical experts for the SCC said otherwise. So, again, it's not like you want – I mean, you're literally going to discredit medical experts' opinions because they're not telling you what you want to hear. Right. That's where this is going. The Big Ten is flawed. Kevin Warren handled this horribly. I'm not defending the Big Ten, but I'm not going to sit here and, and act like the fans are getting on my nerves when, when going through this entire thing because they are beyond it. Noxious. I feel like, you know, I was I was at Walmart a couple weeks ago, and I'm waiting in line and waiting in line, and there's this mom with her kid, and the kid's crying. I want a toy. I want a toy. And the mom's like, you're not getting a toy. And the kid's screaming and screaming. And then just to shut the kid up, the mom finally got the kid the toy. And I'm like, oh, my God. That's, that's Ohio State fans right now. I want a toy. I want a toy. I want a season. I want a season. And Kevin Warren's like, you're not getting a toy. You're not getting a toy. All right, fine. Just shut up. Here. Here's your toy. That's what's going on. 
Football fans are, are spoiled, entitled brats. That's what everyone is acting like right now. I am not defending the Big Ten. I am not defending Kevin Warren. I am just saying enough of this child, these childish antics on social media. It's absolutely ridiculous. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I mean, yesterday, until yesterday, Kevin, there was no vote. The vote didn't exist, remember? And they're like, oh, we want to know what happened behind the scenes. Well, they finally put out an official statement. They revealed what the vote actually was. And then instead of being mad at the 11 that voted against the season, they're still saying, oh, no, Kevin Warren's still lying. They're just covering his ass. That's all he's... What? And again, maybe he is, but it's just the point that you don't really want answers. You don't want explanations. You just want your season. And I can relate to that. But my goodness, you got to stop acting like a bunch of children, folks. You're acting like the, the little crying kid in Walmart, and the mom finally has enough and gives the kid what they want. And then the kid grows up to be whiny little crybabies like what we're witnessing now. It's annoying. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, the president talking to the Big Ten about having football, it wouldn't have anything to do with it being like five swing states. Hey, hey, stick to sports, I'm Kevin. I'm just saying. Stick to sports. Stick to sports, though. But that's the reality of it is, you know, uh, the Big Ten country is Midwest country, and a lot of these states that these Big Ten schools are in are in swing states. So that's the reality of it. And also what you talked about how, you know, people are going to always be up in arms unless it's the thing that they want. Yep. We want our football no matter what. And, you know, they're going to downplay anything that a medical expert tells them unless it's what they want to hear. Just like when they go to the doctor for the physical and they say, Tommy, you need to lose some weight. Tommy goes to McDonald's still. Hey. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Tommy Jr. has five cavities. Lay off the sweets. What does Tommy Jr. do? He go get some candy from the, the store. Like, people don't care. They just don't care. They want what they want. They want the thrill of life right now. They want to live it up while they're here. What's the saying about four years ago? Was the kids saying YOLO? That's what the kids were saying. You only live once. That's how people treat everything. I only live once. I want my football. Oh, I only live once. Let me eat whatever I want to eat. Like, just people just want what they want right now, no matter what. No matter the consequences, no matter the outcome, no matter how it may affect you in the future, people just don't care. Just plain and simple. People don't care. Like, hey, man, and all in all, they don't care if COVID-19 wipes out an entire 100-player uh, uh, football team. They don't care. Oh, they dead? Dang. Who's the next recruit? Who's the next five-star? Like, that's how people are going to be, man. Because there's that's, plenty of, you know, you know, there's plenty, the shelf, the, the shelf is not empty. I mean, the, you know, they're, they're well stocked. That's what everyone, you know, yeah, I mean, people, I mean, that's the extreme side, but no, I see your point, but that's how people are in general and not just about wanting their college football. That's how they are in their everyday lives. When it comes to eating habits, uh, it comes to the health of their children. Like we can go on and on and on and on. Like, uh, I was talking to one buddy of mine about, you know, you know, people hold, the standards of other people higher than they hold the standards of themselves. They want everybody else to be perfect, but they're not perfect. They're not even striving to be perfect. So to expect a situation like this with uh, the lack of football, because football does rule the world. We know that it's, it's it goes NFL, college, then NBA, and it's a major drop off between college football and the NBA and, and fandom. Um, People are literally losing their minds about that not being Ohio State football. And I want football, too. I think we got a chance to win a national championship, too. I want football, too. But guess what? I don't think it's safe. And I'm not up in arms and losing my mind about it. I think that our government has a lot other things to worry about than making sure there's a college football season. But I'll stick to sports. Uh, and, and, and to be clear, and 
we're seeing a lot of, well, everyone else is playing. Are you Pay attention. The defending national champions, LSU, they have 10 players who are opting out of the upcoming season, including the best wide receiver in next year's NFL draft. Uh, it, like That's the defending national champions out of the conference where it just means more. And I'm not knocking LSU. Like I'm just saying, like when we sit here and act like, Everything like we're we're acting as if everyone else that's practicing and prepping for a season isn't experiencing any bumps in the road. That's right. not that's not true at all. So you could be fighting and screaming and hollering in the line at Walmart right now like a little child, and then the season you get your season, and then two weeks in they pull the plug on it. So right. that that's the thing. Like what you know, and then at the end, is everyone going to say, okay, well, you know. There you go. No, everyone will just be, oh, the SEC is a bunch of crybabies, too. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Here's the other part of it. And, again, I like to point out hypocrisies and everything. Let's let's do a little role reversal here. Let's say that the Big Ten had been adamant about playing the whole time and that the ACC and SEC both were sitting out, and now they're trying to come back. For instance, the SEC, Clemson is going to play 11 games this year. They're going to play 11 games, 10 at the least. I mean, they could play, you know what I'm saying. So yeah. they have, they're going to play 10 games, 11 games. Alabama and the SEC is also going to play 10 games. Let's say that the Donald is able to pull some, some strings and get the season going by October. So Ohio State's only going to play eight. If I'm Alabama, if I'm Clemson, I have a huge problem with that. I have a huge problem with the Big Ten, who is going to be competing for college football playoff spots, where the other conferences will be playing for two or three weeks, uh, you know, half a month, a quarter of a month before Ohio State steps foot out on the field. Ohio State goes 8-0. and Alabama can go 9-1. and And there's multiple 9-1 and teams out of the SEC. Well, oh, they're 8-0. Well, that's fantastic. I mean, but they play two less games than everybody else, and we had to play the best conference in football. Every week you're playing, you know, and that, you know a college football playoff contender after another. That's the other part of this, too, that I'm like, if it was reversed, the Big Ten was having to play 10, and the SEC only had to play 8, I promise you people would be losing their minds as far as that's concerned. So that's something else that I find kind of strange about this. It's a it's a plus side for the Buckeyes, don't get me wrong. I mean, that's a good thing. I mean, hey, you only have to go 8-0. No, they're going to have to go 10-0 and if we're talking about the reg. You know, you got to go undefeated usually to remain in the conversation. Of course, right. you could probably slip up once depending on who that once is. That's going to be the other wrinkle of this, too, because I promise you those other conferences, they're not going to slow down and they're not going to take two games off their schedules to even no. everything out. They're going to say, hey, no, we're playing our 10. They came to the party late. The college football playoff committee needs to figure out how they're going to balance that because you're not going to keep our nine and one team out of the playoffs because the eight and zero team is going to get in and you're punishing teams who played a couple more games than that. That's where I'm going to sit with that. I want Ohio State to play. I'm not trying to say I don't. I'm just I'm trying to point out potential issues down the road that we're not thinking about right now. That if the shoe was on the other foot, we would be losing our minds. With that said, every schedule, especially in college sports, isn't created equally. You know, you can say, all right, in the NBA, all right, they plan on a back-to-back, but ultimately the schedule balances out. In college football and basketball, the schedule never balances out. There's always points of the season where, you know, last week of the season, we always talk about it. Ohio State plays Michigan and freaking Alabama's playing the Citadel. But all in all, it is what it is because this is the – this is the world we decided to love. This is the the sport we decided to fall in love with, and we have to roll with those imperfections. And that's just going to be one of those another imperfection about this potential season that we may only be playing eight games while everybody else is playing uh, eleven and ten games. It's just going to have to be dealt with. It's going to have to people just have to suck it up because we were going to have to suck it up if we're not playing the season they crown a national champion. Like we were just going to have to deal with it. So. 
if we run the table, go 8-0, and and get into the college football playoff, they're just going to deal with it. Same way we had to deal with them hoisting the national championship without us even playing. Deal with it. All right, as we close this part of the show out, just simple yes or no, Kev, is the, will there be a season now? No. You still say no? No. No, man. No. Here, here's the other part of this, too. And uh, it was ESPN's Adam Rittenberg. We have Adam on from time to time. Sorry, Kev. Hold on one moment. Oh, you good. So Adam Rittenberg tweets out earlier that uh, in talk, he you know he spoke with some Big Ten sources since the Trump tweet. He said the key next step remains outlining the medical benchmarks that must be met to play and how soon they could be reached. Six presidents who voted to postpone on August 11th must change their votes to exceed the 60% requirement. So that's the thing, too. Like, we are we're, – we're totally – not, I don't get why fans are not mad at the university presidents. Like, why are people not mad at the presidents and same, all the anger is being way, funneled way, to the... When uh, a player holds out, they're not mad at the organization for not giving that player the money. They're mad at that player for not taking what they're given. It's the same exact thing. So the reason, you know, so that's the other hurdle here too. By the way, this isn't the Donald calling uh, the Warren uh, and 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 saying, "Hey, there needs to be a season." Oh, okay, cool. Yep, we'll kick off on this day. You got to get the university presidents, mm-hmm. and let's be clear: since politics, since we have the green light to talk politics today, Uh-oh. a lot of those presidents aren't big fans of the president. So, do you think that they're going to give? You know, again, not defending this. Do you think that they are going to want to be bullied into this or told what to do by a guy they don't respect or like? I promise you, that's going to play a role in this. And again, you need six of these university presidents to overturn their vote. I don't think that's happening. I don't think you're going to get all six. You're not going to. I have a hard time believing Michigan and Michigan State's presidents, who have been the loudest and most adamant about not playing this fall, are you going to are you going to overturn them? You know, so that's the thing. This isn't just a simple Kevin Warren just flips the switch and says the right. season's back. It, it's multiple people that have to make a decision and make a vote. And can the will the Big Ten get that vote? That's that's the big question mark too, as far as that's concerned. People are acting like this is a simple. Uh, people are acting like this is a simple one man decision. It is not. Right. It, it is not. There's a lot at stake here. And again, yesterday it was Iowa, uh, it was Ohio State, and it was Nebraska. They were the only three schools uh, with university presidents voting not to postpone the upcoming season. Every other president voted to you know to postpone. So we were talking yesterday that, of course, when the Big Ten's original statement was is that the presidents overwhelmingly voted in favor of postponing the season. We were debating well, what's overwhelmingly because eleven to three sounds overwhelming, but the problem is is that one of the three, yes, it's eleven to three, but of the three, you have the the team, the face of the conference. I'm not trying to do the the trademark thing to be funny, but you have the Ohio State University. That's not just your best team in the conference; that is the conference, the big. You know, they're the face of that conference. So when they come out, when the Ohio State comes out and says, "No, no, no we want to play this fall," you can't just look at them and say, "Yeah, well." You know, only two other presidents said they wanted to play, so we're going to move forward with that. Again, there's so many different angles and directions you can go with this, but every other conference chose to be, you know, to put the the virus to the side in their decision making here. The Big Ten chose to put it on the front burner, although people are still questioning the real reasons for why the Big Ten did it, and they're saying it's political and blah blah blah. Okay, if you think that 11 university presidents are willing to, you know, 
run their university into the ground and risk their jobs just to to rid the office of the Donald. I, I have a hard time believing that. I have a hard time believing that eight univer or that eleven university presidents are going to run their university into the ground just to get the guy in office out. I have a very hard time believing that, and I feel bad for those that actually believe that much in conspiracy theories that that's the case. Politics do play a role in this. I'm not mm-hmm. going to sit there and say that they don't, but we all are selfish human beings to the point to where I don't think that there is a president out there that is willing to make that much of a stand to get the, to have their job taken from them, to ruin their university just to get a man out of office. I find that odd. I find that strange, and that kind of thinking is just... It, it, Whatever it is, you know, it's crazy. It is. This is where the politics get involved. And by the way, folks, I don't want to hear stick to sports because this this benefits you. You might get your football. You might get your football. Uh, Dr. Christina Johnson, the president of Ohio State, right? Yep. Just got on the job. How about that? <laughs> Feet to the fire. I don't feel, I don't, I don't want that position. But, you know, if she wants football for the Buckeyes and everything like that, her and the president of Nebraska and Iowa need to be on their job calling the other schools, um, doing their best sales pitch that they can to try to sway their vote. If there if there is another vote, then they'd be on the phone trying to make that happen if that's what they want to happen. Um, you know, it, it's not a easy position, especially for her to be. I mean, like, she just showed up. Like, when we say just showed up, like, a week ago. She just showed up. Her and Kevin Warren both have been <laughs> like walking into a yeah. Like this is not something easy. This is not an easy decision. And I'm sure like she heard like oh how a rabbit fan base we have for Buckeye Nation. I'm sure she was like, Oh yeah, okay, I know, I get it. I've I've dealt with this type of thing before. Welcome to the party. This is a du- difficult situation for her to be in. I mean, if it does come to another vote We'll see what happens. I just don't think that the other presidents are going to be swayed. I just don't. I just don't think the other presidents of the universities will be swayed. Um, six of them. Six of them have to switch their opinions. Yep. They're going to have to come up with some good medical evidence um, and a great plan for them to sway their vote. Because, I mean, that's six people to change six people's minds. That's not an easy thing to do. Yep. Six of the 11. Okay, who voted to postpone on August 11th, they must change their votes to exceed the 60% requirement. So, you know, there has to it's 60%. That's the percent of, you know, you know, so again, that's how, I mean, six of the, again, 11 total university presidents voted to postpone this upcoming season. Can you get six of them to change their mind? That's going to be the key. That's going to, and here's the deal too. The Pac-12 has been quiet. The Big Ten Kevin, outside of uh, the the Big Ten, outside of Ohio State, Iowa, and Nebraska, coincidentally enough, the three that opted that voted to play, have you have you really heard much from Penn State and others about? No, we haven't heard Penn State parents angry. We haven't heard. I mean, hell, Micah Parsons opted out before the uh, Big Ten opted out. And I'm glad you brought your that mic's up. off. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, so many guys have opted out, and let's just say there is a Big Ten college football season. Currently, no Ohio State players have opted out, at least that I'm aware of. If they do not destroy everybody on the schedule, and I'm talking like manhandle, like the things that they did to them last year, I want that Plus in five. the first <laughs> half. I want blowouts because if there's no Marco Pisons out there, huh, if they're not throwing to Rashad Bateman, huh, like it, Michigan lost a potential first-round pick at tackle. I want sacks left and right. If there is a football season and 
Buckeye Nation has been going crazy for the team, the team better show the appreciation and go out there and dominate and get a national championship. Because if the fan base was able to sway the conference into having a season, let's be clear, it is all for the Buckeyes' favor. This whole thing is for Ohio State. Mm-hmm. This everything. Everything's for Ohio State. Yeah, the teams, other schools, they get paid. They get their checks. That's great. But this whole thing is for Ohio State. If there is an Ohio State football season and they don't win a national championship, it's all for none. So no pressure, Justin Fields. No pressure, Ryan Day. But if there is a season, there better be a national championship coming along with it. Hashtag, we want a season. Will we have one? That's the big question mark. Folks, just one more time again. I mean, it's, it may sound like a simple question. Do you believe that now we're going to get a season? Again, it's, it's, there's a lot into that. I mean, you've got to peel back a lot of layers there. You've got to get six of the university presidents, six of the 11, to change their vote to exceed the 60% requirement. Will that happen? Do you believe there'll be a season? 457-9464 or head to the Justin Kinner Show page on Facebook. Comment in the comment section. We'll be able to interact with you that way as well. More of the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash when we come back. Don't go anywhere. It's time for some straight talk. You know where the full court press is in basketball, right? Full defensive coverage with no holes. Well, that's the kind of coverage you get with Straight Talk Wireless. It runs on America's best networks, same as big carriers, but for a lot less. Just 45 bucks a month gets you the unlimited plan with 25 gigs of high-speed data, then 2G, for up to 50% less than the big carriers. No contract, full coverage, 50% less. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Savings may vary. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. This is the Frost family. They live on a piece of land they call Greener Pasture. And they work on it behind the wheel of a John Deere 1 Series tractor. With its durable construction and features that hook up to dozens of attachments with ease, no job is too tough. The Frells family runs with us. Because this is more than just land. It's home. Nothing runs like a deer. Get a 1 Series tractor for just $99 per month at your John Deere dealer today. For additional cost information, please call toll-free 855-633-2315. Oh. All right, and we are back. Listen, stream, and now watch the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash live on Facebook and the ESPN Dayton's YouTube channel. Head to Facebook. Everyone has Facebook. So search the Justin Kinner Show. Give the show page a like, and then get notifications every day at 3 o'clock when we hit the airwaves. For those of you at work who can't tune in or can't call in, don't worry. Uh, you want to interact with the com- with the conversation, you comment in the comment section. We're able to pull your comments right into the show uh, and interact with you that way. For instance, 15 and 10, Kevin, that, you know, the rest of the way, just to finish at 500. And this is a team that has three of the best pitchers in baseball. I know that, you know, Luis Castillo has kind of fizzled out a bit, but... Come on, man. Like, there's no excuse. I don't want to hear. Moustakis didn't hit a home run the whole month of August. I got a question. I might have an answer. Is it still early? What? In the season. Uh, I mean, it it was <laughs> it was early in the season, two games in. And after that, that's when it was time. I, I mean, I remember the Reds getting that big win on, uh, you know, on opening day or opening night or whatever. And I'm like, oh, man, this team looks good. They were hitting. I mean, Moustakis was hitting. Castellanos was hitting. Votto was hitting right off the bat. Suarez, of course, had a slow start, but the pitching was fantastic. Of course, Lorenzen came in and blew some games early in the year. But, man, it's, it is it is frustrating. They made some moves yesterday. Uh, they add, you know, they had a closer. They go and get some depth for the outfield. And uh, we'll talk about that again. We'll see. I, just, I think the trade deadline, Kev, was too late. I think they should have moved the trade deadline up. 
Like, you have a trade deadline with 25 games left. Let's be clear. It's a mad dash to the, you know, to the finish line now, but I, I just don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I, to me, I don't know. It's 25 games is not that many. It seems like a lot, but it's not. Right. Because it's not how many games you have left. It's how many series you have left. Mm-hmm. And realistically, you're not winning 25 straight. You got to start looking at the taking two of every three. Right. Uh, you know that that should be. I mean, again, you could expect sweeps, but no one expects sweeps. So it's one of those where you get. You know, how many times in football do we say, "Well, man, if we could just split," like if the Browns go, "Man, if we could just split with the Ravens, right. if we could just split with the Steelers, if we could just split with the." No, I'm just joking. They don't worry about the Bengals. But if they could just split with the, you know what I mean? In football, we talk that way. In baseball, it's very similar in regards to man. If we could just get two or three from everyone moving forward, I don't even think that's going to work. The, the 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 Reds are going to have to sprinkle some sweeps in there, and we'll get into some more Reds talk coming up around the corner. But to answer your question, no, it uh, it is no longer early. Got it. Um, it's no longer early. The Reds can honest. I mean, like David Bell, if you are not in the playoffs this year with that roster, and I don't want to hear, oh, well, Mustakis is having a down year. I don't care. That's like saying, you know, that's like if you're, uh, if you, like, for instance, with Steve Kerr, imagine when he had that Warriors team with Kevin Durant and everybody, and I'm not comparing this Reds team to that, but again, it's a team that has a coach, that or a manager with the roster that has a ton of talent. I'm not ex- saying the Reds should be division champions or nothing like that, but they should be competing for a division championship. Now you're you're just trying to keep your head above water just to maybe get a wild card spot. That's embarrassing. That is embarrassing. Uh, Travco says that uh, this team would be dangerous in the postseason with the rotation, just fine a way to get in. Oh, I completely agree. That's why, you know, a lot of times you'll see those wildcard teams in the playoffs every year where you don't really respect them during the season, but the reason that they're hanging around is the reason they're a wildcard team is because a lot of times they do have a deficiency that's keeping them from being able to contend for the division title, but they have enough talent. There's something about those teams that just keeps them in the race all season. For the Reds, that's going to be their starting pitching. Um, but the problem is, is you can't keep getting outings like you got from Disco. You can't keep get you know, you a lot of question marks about the back end of that rotation. Wade Miley has looked abysmal at times, and then he had a pretty good outing last time. You just don't know what you get. And then I think in the middle, you know what you get with Trevor Bauer. You know what you get with Sonny Gray. And then it's like you got to, you know, Luis Castillo. He hasn't even won a game all season. And he's had some good outings, but he's had some very questionable outings, too. And the Reds just don't provide Luis Castillo any run support. It reminds me of the Johnny Cueto days like you wouldn't believe. Johnny Cueto would go out there. And, again, the difference is is I don't think Luis Castillo has not had his best stuff this year. I mean, we saw him take that major step last year. He I'm not saying he's taken a step back this year, but he has not taken an extra step forward. Um, he is showing a little bit of flaws. But see, that's the thing. We keep hearing about David Bell and this pitching staff, and you know they get that that you know whatever little pitching group. I already forgot the name of it that they brought in. That was supposed to come in and take this team to that next level. Well, pitching wasn't supposed to be the problem for this team, and pitching's the problem. Technically, run support wasn't supposed to be a problem either. When you go get Castellanos and Mustakis, and yet that's the problem too. This team is too subpar for the talent they have on the roster. And I don't like when I hear people say, well, you know, Moustakis has had a bad August. You know, Vado's taking a step back. You know, the, Suarez isn't having the season he did last year. Again, imagine if Steve Kerr, if Kevin Durant has a bad year and, and Steph Curry has a bad year. You know what they do in that sport? They say, well, I mean, yes, it's up to them to have a good outing. But, man, wh- what is Steve Kerr doing to put them in position to succeed? And I don't care if people find that to be fair or not. That's the reason every manager has been fired in the history of baseball. That's why every coach is fired in the history of football. You know, we didn't we didn't sit there and say, oh, man, the Browns, we didn't, you know, a lot of, when it came to the organization, when they fired Hugh Jackson, it was, man, Hugh Jackson, you know, there's talent on this team, and he's just not getting the talent out of them. They didn't sit there and say, oh, well, you know, Baker's a rookie. They didn't come up with all these excuses to keep him. 
You know, they fired him because he was not getting the best out of those players that he should have been. That's just sports. That's not even my opinion. That's just common sense. If you, We had the conversation yesterday, Kevin, about responsibilities of players. Oh, I agree with you. Yes, players should be held responsible. Do not get me wrong. They should. But again, a lot of times my opinions aren't based on what I think should be the issue. It's My opinions are based on just how sports operate in general. And that, to me, is where baseball comes in here. David Bell, you don't make the playoffs with this talent this year, and I don't care about any excuses. Because the Yankees, 18 players, 13 players on the on the injured list, the Reds haven't even come close to that. They haven't even come close to that. So there's no excuses as far as that's concerned. I mean, you can look at the Los Angeles Lakers when they had Rudy Tomvanovich from the Rockets. He was a championship-winning coach. They fired him because he wasn't getting the job done, and they brought in Phil Jackson because he got the most out of that talent. You can look at what's going on in the NBA right now with Mike D'Antonio. They're on the verge of a Game 7 versus OKC. If they don't win that Game 7 versus OKC, D'Antonio's out of here. Like, the guy that they hold accountable is the coach, especially in sports. So all eyes are on the bullpen all eyes are on him for making changes and when he makes those changes and ultimately he's the one that's going to be held responsible because you know what you can fire the coach you really can't fire the player especially in baseball and in the NBA because those contracts are guaranteed you can cut a guy in the NFL but it's easier to replace a coach than it is one of your star players that has a big contract and and that's why you know, it's easy to you know to blame the player or to blame the coaches right away. But four five seven nine four six four. Justin Kinner, Kev Nash, with you here uh, on the on fourteen ten ESPN Radio and live on Facebook. Search uh, search the Justin Kinner Show on Facebook uh, and tune in that way. So uh, again, when you're watching live on Facebook and of course on the ESPN Dayton YouTube channel, you can comment in the comment section. It appears right in the show. We'll be able to interact with you that way as far as that's concerned. The Reds back in action tonight. Cardinals game two of three, and uh, we'll get into more of that coming up here in just a little bit. But, uh, again, the, the trade deadline, the Reds didn't make any blockbuster deals or anything like that. They did add a closer. Uh, they, you know, they added you know an extra uh, bat, um, extra outfielder, I'm sorry, from the Angels. We'll talk about all that coming up later on in the program. We're going to get to the Cincinnati Bengals, of course, who added their run game, or who, again, extend Joe Mixon. I can't tell if they made the right move or not. Like I, I, I support it to a point because when you look at big picture for the Bengals, you have Joe Mixon, you have Joe Burrow, and you know maybe T. Higgins if he's your replacement for A.J. Green, or if you have A.J. Green for another two or three years if he could stay healthy. That's a that's a very good core. There's not many teams out there that have a core long term. The Browns felt the same way about man. You have Baker Mayfield, you have Nick Chubb, uh, and then you know Odell Beckham Jr. That's your that's your trio right there to kind of build around, and that's what the Browns have done. The Bengals are of course going to take a similar approach as far as that's concerned. Hell, the Bengals or the Steelers did that whenever they thought uh, they were going to be able to build around Le'Veon Bell and you know Antonio Brown with the back end of um, you know Ben Roethlisberger's career. That was the target. Obviously, it didn't work out that way just because of player personalities and stuff and interest for Le'Veon Bell. Uh, but man, it's going to be interesting as we take a look at the numbers and the breakdown of the four-year contract extension for Joe Mixon. More of the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash when we come back right here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Muscle Cars, Classic Cars, and Imports. You've got to see Cars and Parts Giant Swap Meet event this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the Springfield Clark County Fairgrounds. Thousands of vendors and cars for sale this weekend at Springfield Clark County Fairgrounds. Info at OhioSwapMeet.com or call 937-376-0111. You got to see it. You got to be there. 
Studios. Here's Justin Kinner and Kev Nash. Everybody, we welcome you back. It is the Justin Kinner Show with Kevin Nash live here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Coming up this Friday night, it's our ESPN Dayton High School Football Game of the Week. Week 2 of the high school football season. A pair of undefeated teams two weeks into the season. Springfield at Centerville, and that's going to be a good one again. Uh, I'm you know, Smoot, the quarterback for Springfield. Centerville, of course. Uh, you know, Chase Harrison, two of the best quarterbacks in that conference in the GWAC going head-to-head on Friday night. And we're excited that they are our high school, ESPN Dayton High School Football Game of the Week. College Football Hall of Famer Keith Byers and I will be on the call every Friday. So it's like a mini two, it's a mini six-week, or it's not mini, I guess it's a much bigger preseason technically because you're not playing for anything other than just, you know, getting wins. But that's a big deal. You want to take momentum into the playoff. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want yeah. to, like, lose three straight heading into the playoff, although it will feel like a different season at that point. But nonetheless, it's a very different situation. But you wouldn't get, you wouldn't believe that those kids aren't playing for a conference championship or not playing for playoff points. They're out there, you know, playing their butts off. So we're looking forward to that again. Week two of the ESPN Dayton High School Football Game of the Week. We're live on Facebook, live on Twitter, live, of course, on YouTube. Search the ESPN Dayton YouTube channel. Uh, of course, on YouTube, subscribe to that and then follow the show on Facebook. The Justin Kinner Show on Facebook and uh, tune in and interact that way. Travco has a question about the Reds. Cav, he says, "Do you think Bell gets a longer rope uh, than Dusty or Price because of his last name and its history with Reds baseball and baseball in general?" That's going to be. I mean, I can't tell because the Castle. I mean, we know that you know Bell works in the the Bell's dad works within the organization. That's obviously going to give him more time. I think that that's going to give him a little bit more of sh- more shelf life than most. But again, how awkward is that in that front office right now? Because I don't think that the Castellinis are ready to fire David Bell right now at the moment. But I think the first time that that conversation is going to become real is at the end of the season if they don't make the playoffs. He's going to get another full season if they don't make some kind of big jump next season when you're going to have guys like Lodolo, Hunter Green, uh, Tyler Stevenson. You have a a lot of really good players in the system that have yet to even make their debut with the Reds. Hunter Green, I still think, was always going to be a year away to begin with, coming off Tommy John surgery last year. He was going to spend a full year, you know, whether it be at AAA or whatever, this season if things were normal. Lodolo, they just drafted him. Of course, he you know had some good looks during the spring. Very big kid. We interviewed him at Reds Fest. Um, I think that he will be a player next year for the Reds. And then, of course, um, you know, Tyler Stevenson, who has been a, I mean, a journeyman throughout the farm system uh, for the Reds. I mean, waiting for them to finally call him up. I mean, I feel like it was ages ago when we're watching him with the Dragons. So get him up here. I think you have the pieces uh, to be able to get better just by calling certain younger players up. But they're going to have to go and figure out how a way to keep Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer, I think, is going to be the key. So David Bell's not getting fired after this year. Right. I'm calling for the seat to boil after this year, though. Like, honestly, you can't miss the playoffs this year and expect everyone to say, well, by golly, well, he gave it his all. It was just a COVID-ridden you know, ridden season. I, I thought that we would be able to make that excuse at the beginning, but no, it's still baseball. You're still playing baseball. You're, you're not losing games because of COVID. You're losing games because of stupid decision-making in the middle of games. You're losing games because guys aren't hitting the ball well right now. You're losing games because your bullpen has been so up and down. It's been better as of late. That, that's all. That, that's kind of where I sit with as far as that goes. Do you expect more teams to stay pat with their coaching staff this offseason in baseball? I think so. We saw so much uh, manager movement last year that 
last off season that I still think managers should get a couple years. I don't want David Bell gone after one or two years. Um, but I think that this fast forwards the conversation of the hot seat conversation. David Bell should be. I think the seat's warming up right now. It should be boiling by the end of the season if they don't make the playoffs. And if they miss the playoffs again next year and no player development, then that's a problem. That's a problem. So we shall see. But, uh, again, I want to say yes. The moral side of me is like, well, yeah, you can't fire a manager. It's been such a strange season. You didn't even start till July. You only played 60 games. But when you strip all that away, Kevin, it's still baseball. And you would the Reds would be losing these this way. If they started in April, I still feel like the Reds would be losing games this way. I don't think they're losing games because they started in July. I think they're just losing games because that's the makeup of this team, unfortunately, or at least with how it's being managed. You know, for me, at first, going into this season, I thought, like, all right, there's no way guys get fired. It's a COVID-19 situation. It's a ton going on. That's a built-in excuse. But then you see what happens in the NBA with Nate McMillan signing an extension and then getting fired. Then you see uh, Alvin Gentry get fired. Um, and then what's going to happen with Mike D'Antoni – if he doesn't win this game seven tomorrow, he's going to be at fire. So eventually, I think ownership, they're going to be back to business as usual. Like, if they're spending a ton of bucks on players, they want to win. And they, they're thinking like, yo, I'm giving this player this amount of money, this player this amount of money. If I'm forking out the bucks, I want to get some dubs. I want to get some wins. I want to make the playoffs. Give me something. So, I mean, and the person yeah. that is held responsible for that is the coach. So before... Alvin Gentry and Nate McMillan got fired in the NBA. I thought, eh, no, nah, these they'll they'll stand pat. Like it's a it's a pandemic going on. But now I'm on the other side, man. Like seeing those two guys get fired, like especially Nate McMillan. He signed an extension two weeks ago in the bubble. They get ousted, swept. You're out of here. Like things change that quick. Like come <laughs> these on, these owners snap so. back to reality real quick when they start forking over money and they're not getting results. I mean. Maybe it was because they got swept. I don't know. But, like, that made my eyes open wide to this. Like, you know what? They're not going to let these guys slide. They're going to be on them just like it was a normal season. Well, the reason I – and back when we had that conversation, we were on the same page. That yes, you should give coaches and managers baseball, NBA, football the benefit of the doubt. But I promise you this much, why is that fair to do that for managers and coaches, but we're not doing that for players? How many players have been released because they're not pitching well, because they're not hitting well? How many guys, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. uh, Josh Van Meter, who's been a great utility guy for the Reds. They just sent him away. Right. You know, so my my whole thing on that is you were right. Like me and you were on the same page on that. But as the, when the season started, I'm like, man, I know I know we discussed it. And we were both like, yeah, you should give him the benefit of the doubt. But when you strip all the the noise around starting in July away, it's I think the reality kicks in. Hey, it's still baseball. The game hasn't really changed. Yes, there's a weird quirky rules, the extra innings rule, three batter minimum, seven inning doubleheader. But at the end of the day, it's still baseball. And I think that's why managers are still held to that expectation. Same thing, NBA in the bubble. Hey, it's weird, you know, that everything going on. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's still basketball and you're expected to win games. So I think, although it does sound like it should make sense and be fair, but if we're not going to give players the benefit of the doubt, I don't think managers and uh, coaches in any sport should be protected if that's the case as far as that goes. Uh, Mike says, this is for you, Kevin. Mike says on Facebook, Kevin, I told you Jimmy Buckets and the Heat. I said that yesterday. See what you did, Mike? You pissed him off. He was <laughs> yawning earlier. Same you, thing you yesterday. Woke him up. I said that the Heat are going to beat the Bucks. The Bucks will not make it out this round. I got my money on the Heat. I got my money on the Heat and Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. And the Celtics coming out in seven. 
That's what I said yesterday. See what you did, Mike? Uh, Because the Heat have three guys that can guard Giannis. You can go with Iguodala. You can go with Jimmy Buckets. And you can go with Bam Adebayo. Those are Bam! Bam, bam. You got three guys that can guard him. And the Bucks are terrible on three-point defense. And the Heat were second in the NBA in May threes. I'm going with Hero, baby. Yes. And Duncan. So not Tim Duncan, no. Absolutely. And again, I'm just I'm ready for this Rockets and, and Thunder series to wrap up so we can watch the Lakers again. I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I'm, Who do you want seven. to win that series? Oh, uh, oh, the Rockets. The Rockets concern me more, but those are good games, right? I want to see James Harden versus LeBron, Westbrook versus LeBron. I mean, Chris Paul versus LeBron. That's fine, but it. The Thunder. I, I don't know. Okay. I don't think it's that sexy of a matchup. It's not. But you know who's going to win that game versus the Rockets and OKC? The Thunder, probably. Yes. That's what you're about to say. <laughs> Absolutely. I say the Rockets. See, Mike, I'm with you. <laughs> Kevin don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> because Chris Paul is better than both of them, man. I don't care how many triple-doubles Russ gets. I don't care how many step-back travel threes James Harden gets in crunch time, which was last night in the last five minutes. Chris Paul took control of the game, scored 10 points, had three steals, caused two turnovers by Russ. I'm rolling with the better guy, dude. I'm rolling with the better point guard. So you're rolling with Russ, then? <laughs> because here's the deal. Of course, James Harden and Russell Westbrook are tired at the end of the game. They're tired from MVP trophies they're carrying around. Chris Paul, it's been light packing for him. Okay. The only thing he's packing is his suitcase because he's been traded all over. He's going from team to team the last couple of years. No, he's tired because he's counting all that money, getting paper cuts. Yeah. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Hour one in the books. Hour two coming up again. Uh, Charles Tackett on Facebook says, what type of offer was Clowney presented from the Browns? Uh, man, what was that money, too? Because they were going to make him. It they was offered, a one-year deal. Right? It was a one-year deal. They offered him, I think, like, if I'm not mistaken, it was anywhere between 15 and $18 million. And, yeah, like, Jadavion Clowney's still not with the team. The se- the, the season tips, or kicks off in 12 days. 12 days the NFL season tips off. Jadavion Clowney not on the roster. Um, yeah, that's crazy to me. The Browns, I think, still looking to make a move defensively. They're going to have to. I just don't know if defense, uh, the defensive line, I just don't know if that the Browns are so passionate about improving that. I'm worried about linebacker. I'm worried about secondary. Hey, you have a nice pass rush. That's fine. But, uh, again, they throw it, get rid of the ball quickly. Who's going to stop them down the field? That's what I'm concerned about with the Browns. So uh, we'll get into more of that coming up as far as that's concerned. Let's talk some NFL now. Let's talk some NFL. The Cincinnati Bengals extend Joe Mixon four years, $48 million. That now wraps him up for the next five years. You have Joe Burrow for the next four, at least under the rookie deal. You have Joe Mixon. You have T. Higgins. Uh, Tyler Boyd for a couple more years. A.J. Green still, again, discussing that, what you know, an extension for him would look like. All that's going to be about whether or not he could stay healthy and play in 2020. The Bengals' offensive core looks pretty solid moving forward, and uh, they just locked that up for another couple years. Was it smart? Bengals fans, are you happy with the Bengals giving an extension to Joe Mixon? We'll discuss when we come back as we kick off our two next the justin kinner show live here on espn dayton hour 
two of the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash. We're off and rolling here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Listen, stream, watch. Listen at 1410 Wing AM. Stream at wingam.com. And, of course, you can watch us as we are live every day on Facebook from 3 to 6 p.m. On Facebook, search The Justin Kinner Show. Follow, like the page, and, of course, tune in every day. Of course, you can comment in the comics in the comment section. The chat is always open. We'll be able to pull your comments into the show and interact with you that way. For those of you who are at work or out and about and can't call in to the show, stream the show at wingam.com. And then, of course, uh, on the across the socials as well, at ESPN Dayton on Twitter, Facebook as well. So make sure you take advantage of that. Uh, jam-packed first hour. Of course, we opened up right away with the, uh, the news today. Um, uh, again, everyone that likes to say, you know, hey, stick to sports. I don't like when politics and or, you know, I don't like when politics overlaps with sports. Well, today I think you're a bunch of hypocrites because today uh, politics is definitely overlapping with sports. And don't worry, nothing silly like, you know, police brutality or anything like that. You know, we're, nothing silly and stupid like that. We're talking something really serious like Big Ten football. <laughs> like politics, we're allowed to talk politics and sports when it overlaps with Big Ten football. But my goodness, when we just try to get people to stop killing unarmed black people, my God, it's like it's like oh, we can't. Hey, easy. I just I just want to hear about the Bengals extending Joe Mixon. I, I don't I don't want to talk politics. I don't want to talk about equal rights for people. I mean that that's not what sports is for. No, I don't care. No politics. Oh, what's that? President Trump was trying to get the Big Ten season back. God bless America. America, MAGA, yeah, go Big Ten. Woo! It's been a funny day. It's been a funny day as far as that's concerned, as far as the hypocrisy goes. But regardless, regardless of the political side of this, I'm just glad that there is conversation now back to leading the Big Ten to kicking back off, hopefully this fall. There are a lot of hurdles, though. Um, there are a lot of hurdles. If you ask me right now, what, you know, do I think that there's going to be a Big Ten season, I would, I hate to say no, but I think I'm going to roll with still no. I still think there's too many hurdles because the Donald can, uh, you know, push his weight around all he wants. And Kevin Warren can all of a sudden try to have the conversations once again. But let's be honest here. Yesterday, we got a very important answer in a lot of the questions that were being asked. Again, people wanted to know the science and the medical reasonings behind why the Big Ten opted to postpone. But they also wanted to know the true vote. They wanted to know exactly what went on behind closed doors, what went on behind the scenes when it came to the vote for the Big Ten. Well, it came out yesterday in an official release that of the 14 Big Ten programs and universities, 11 of the 14 school presidents voted to postpone. The only three programs that voted to play this coming fall season was Ohio State, no surprise there, Iowa, and Nebraska. Very strange trio of teams. Like, if I had to guess, like, you would think it would be, like, the power teams, the teams that are playing. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. no disrespect to Iowa or Nebraska, but no one has them circled as a sleeper college football playoff pick. Right. Um, so, no disrespect to them, but it did kind of surprise me a little bit as far as that's concerned. But nonetheless, those three programs voted to play. All, Eleven of the 14 voted not to play. All right? They voted to postpone. So that came out yesterday. People weren't satisfied with it. They still think that they're lying about the 11 to 3 and yada, yada, yada. The bottom line is, is that this is not a simple Kevin Warren decision, folks. The Donald can't just call Kevin Warren and say, it's going to be a tremendous season. It's going to be a tremendous fall. It's going to, you're going to play greatly. Okay. Yeah, I don't care how many, you know, the Trumpisms. I know he has his go-to lines. Okay. I don't care what he says to Kevin Warren. Unless you get six of the 11 presidents who voted no to to turn their vote, to overturn their vote, 
It doesn't matter. Kevin Warren can't just say, okay, we're playing football. It, you have to have the support of over 60% of this university presidents. So are you of 11, are you confident? Is Kevin Warren confident? You Big Ten fans, are you confident that Kevin Warren is going to be able to convince six of the 11 presidents who've, who voted to postpone? Are you confident that he's going to be able to overturn them. I don't think so. That's the hurdle here. There's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes as far as what they're trying to do to expedite that, as far as like some of the medical concerns. I'm kind of interested as far as that goes as well. This comes from the Dan Patrick Show, Kev. The Dan Patrick Show says from a source, Dan Patrick says from a source, and this came out about an hour ago, that if the conference can pass updated safety measures Mm -hmm. and procedures, the Big Ten is targeting October 10th to start the football season. So, again, you start on the 10th. That gives the Buckeyes in the Big Ten eight games. As I talked about earlier, a problem I see developing come college football playoff time is when the committee is trying to decide who gets in and who gets out. If, you know, let's say Ohio State slips up along the way and loses a game and they finish the season at 7-1, and one, but you have a 9-1 and one SEC team or a 9-1 and one ACC team or, you know, the Big 12, let's say Oklahoma is you know, a 9-1, and one, are we going to really, you know, Ohio State, dude, those other schools and programs are going to say, hold up, you know, we're being punished because we've had to play more games than Ohio State. So that, that's where I see those problems. But you know what? If we have those problems, that means that's a good thing because that means we got that far into the season to even have that conversation. My point is, is with everything going on, do I feel like with everything that has happened today to at least have the conversation again, to go back to the table to discuss football in the fall for the Big Ten. I'm excited that they're at least talking about it, but I'm not going to let my hope. I'm not going to get my hopes up. I still feel like there are way too many hurdles to pass here, and I really don't. We're gonna, I don't want to get too deep into the political side of this, but 11 of those university presidents, you need them to change their vote. Six of the 11 need to change their vote. Because of the man that is pushing this on the Big Ten, I feel like, realistically, that can play a role as well. Because politics does play a role in this, whether we like it or not. Mm-hmm. And I think that because a certain individual is involved in this, I don't think that's going to really motivate six of the 11 university presidents to say, oh, you know what? I'm doing my American duty to overturn my call here. God bless America. Here we go. Let's play some football. There's way too many hurdles here, folks. I just don't see it. I don't see it. I want to see it. I just don't. It's a lot of hurdles, but what I want to focus on is who do you call? Ghostbusters. (laughs) I knew you were going to do that. Sorry. You have to have partners in this, much like Ohio. No, I was like, but the Big Ten had a partner with the Pac-12 with canceling the football season. You have to have partners. So are you... Ohio State calling Michigan trying to sway them, which would in turn sway Michigan State. So that's say you say you're able to accomplish that. Say you're able to accomplish swaying of Michigan. They sway Michigan State. Ohio State's able to sway Penn State. Hey man, y'all got a chance. Y'all got a really good team. You're able to sway Penn State. Who is Penn State's dancing partner? They don't have one. They don't have anybody to sway. You know, the the team that they would align with would be Ohio State. So they don't have anybody to, to necessarily sway. So, all right, you look at Iowa. Who can they sway? Well, everything that's about Iowa, you think about Iowa, is all about Iowa State. Guess what? They're already playing, and they don't play in the Big Ten. So you think, all right, how can we convince Rutgers? Basically, you push a, a three-man weave on Wisconsin. With Ohio State, Iowa, and Nebraska. Let's say you're able to convince Wisconsin. 
That's four. You just need two more. Who's going to be the other two schools that you can convince? Because you can talk me into believing that Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, and Penn State will flip their vote. You can you can convince me that. Can you convince me <laughs> that the quote-unquote nerd school of the Big Ten is going to change their mind in, the, in Northwestern? I don't think so. Can you convince me that Rutgers, one of the hot spots in the United States, is going to change their mind? I don't think so. Indiana, Maryland, Illinois, Minnesota, Purdue. It's up to them. You got to get two of those. Yeah, they can get Minnesota. Minnesota has been very, they're one of the few schools outside of Ohio State, Nebraska, and Iowa that have voiced their displeasure with Kevin Warren. So I think they can get Minnesota back on board. So boom. So, boom. so that, that's, that's at least five. plus one. So let's say you're able to get them. That's five. You got to get Purdue. Maryland, Indiana, or Illinois to flip. And again, I think Indiana, Purdue come as one. You talked about the partner. Yeah. So you get one to flip. I think you can get both because I think anything going on, you know, in that state around them would impact both the same. Uh, you know, you have a lot of those schools that have other college programs Partners. similar, like, you know, Penn State, Pitt, but Pitt clearly not a part of the conversation as far as that goes. But um, yeah, the partners. So. Again, I think Indiana-Purdue is a two-for-one, so that could help the Big Ten. Again, again, if you're just tuning in, it's not as simple as the Donald calls the Warren and says, hey, you need to have a season. I have, uh, can't, you know, I'm running for, you know, I need my second term, so you need to play football this season. Uh, okay, it's not like Kevin Warren's going to say, oh, okay, cool. Yep, we're playing again. It doesn't work that way. Kevin Warren has to go back to the table with the university presidents, six of the 11 presidents who voted to postpone, they have to convince them to flip their vote. So that that's where I see this. This isn't a, I mean, Kevin Warren has botched this, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, this isn't a simple fix for Kevin Warren. And why, you know, and a lot of pressure is being put on Kevin Warren, but again, this comes down to, and everyone the last night was ripping me, I can't believe you actually think that this was as simple as uh, a vote. Actually, it kind of is. <laughs> you have 14 university presidents. You need 60% vote one way or the other to get, you know, to, to go with either side. 60, you know, way more than 60% voted to postpone. Right. It kind of is that simple. You want to talk about the medical stuff, all that? Fine. You could question that. I wasn't justifying or defending that. All I'm saying is, is that to sit there and act like the vote doesn't matter, it kind of does. Right. 11 of the 14 voted to postpone. That's the only thing going in Kevin Warren's favor is that, that he has to do, he works for the president's. He doesn't work for the president. He works for the presidents, the university presidents. He works for them. And as much as I'm sure, you know, Ohio State, yes, is a big player. They're a heavy hitter. But let's be clear, 11 of the 14, he is the Big Ten commissioner. He has to, he has to abide by all 14 universities. 11 of the 14 voted to postpone. He works for them. He's made mistakes. But again, this isn't all on Kevin Warren. Why isn't the anger being pointed towards a lot of the schools um, that have voted against it? Why are we not just as angry at Michigan and Michigan State and everyone else as we are Kevin Warren? Because honestly, Kevin Warren, he could provide you with the best medical expertise out there. Let's say he provided enough medical expertise to show you that you shouldn't play and that the 14 university president said, oh, screw that, we're playing anyways. He would have to play. Right. Like th th it would play either way. Like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, even if there was enough medical evidence to say, hey, it's way too dangerous to play, and then he brings that medical evidence to a meeting with the 14 university presidents, and all 14 university presidents say, 
yeah, I know it's dangerous, but our kids signed waivers, and we're okay with coaching during this, so we're going to play anyways despite the risk. Kevin Warren's going to say, I don't think that's smart, but hey, I work for you guys, so fine. There we go. Like, that's the thing. This isn't a one-man show. There, it's a one-man blame game, but it's yeah. not a one-man show as far as that goes. Got a long road to go. Outside of convincing the other schools, you got to come up with new procedures for that October 10th start date. So they got a long road ahead of them. All right. Uh, do, 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 do. Jeff McFerrin on, and if I said your name wrong, I'm sorry, Jeff. I at least got the Jeff part right. That's all that matters. <laughs> Can rely on Facebook. Go to the go to Facebook, search the Justin Kinner Show, tune in live, uh, and uh, leave your comments about what we're discussing there, and we'll be able to pull it into the show. Jeff says, I don't think Ohio State only playing, again, this is to my concern earlier, if the Big Ten did kick off on October 10th, they would only play eight games, but the ACC and the Big 12 and the and the SEC would all be playing 10, you know, I think Clemson, I counted 11 games, if I'm not mistaken. So um, that could be a concern. If every one of those other teams are playing three more games than Ohio State, that could be a problem come playoff time. Again, if Ohio State's undefeated, it's not a problem. But let's say Ohio State stubs their toe along the way, which they shouldn't. But if they do, that's going to play a huge role in when the committee's like, well, yeah, they're 7-1. and one. They only played eight games. There's 9-1 Auburn, who's also on the verge of making the playoff. I think we got to give it to them because they played more games. So Jeff says, I don't think Ohio State only playing eight games will matter if it comes to that. They uh, they will all be league games, no Sister of Mercy scrimmages, BG, Toledo, etc. That's fair. Uh, you would be playing everyone within the Big Ten. You're not going to have the MAC. What are you talking about, Jeff? They had the MAC champion last year. <laughs> the MAC champion. I mean, why would you question? You no, know, I definitely know what Jeff's saying. Is Yes, Technically, so we're going to – that's a good point, though. Because if they did play 10 games and added non-conference games, we're talking a Bowling Green and a you know, Tulane. Let's just throw two random schools out there. Bowling Green and Tulane. You mean Ohio State whooping up on those two teams? That's going to be the tipping point. So I guess that's a good point, Jeff. You, you swayed me. It, it takes a lot to sway me. But you know what? You swayed me on that one. Two extra games for Ohio State would only mean playing two crap teams that really we didn't even need to see them play. I always say there's some teams I don't need to see them play somebody to know there's somebody. That's kind of the Buckeyes here in 2020. More of your Facebook reaction. Uh, again, I know. Let's talk Bengals. I promise. That's what we're doing next. I just keep getting sidetracked with more developments on social media that come from this and your reactions as well. We'll be back in a moment. More of the Justin Kinder Show with Kev Nash. We're talking Bengals and Joe Mixon's extension next. Rods, muscle cars, classic cars, and imports. You've got to see Cars and Parts Giant Swap Meet event this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the Springfield Clark County Fairgrounds. Thousands of vendors and cars for sale this weekend at Springfield Clark County Fairgrounds. Info at OhioSwapMeet.com or call 937-376-0111. You got to see it. You got to be there. and inter-squad scrimmages and things like that. Um, but I found that interesting because right now there's a lot going on in the NFL as far as some of the running backs who it's like they just now discovered that, oh, crap, there's a ton of talent in next year's NFL free agency class as far as running backs are concerned, and my deal's coming up, and I want my money, and there's not going to be a lot of money by the time you get to next offseason because every team is going to be looking around saying, why do I need to give you 13 14 $15 mil a year? Uh, 
when basically the market is going to corner all the running backs when they hit that point. So now it's like all these running backs are are panicking. Uh, you look at Dalvin Cook with the Vikings, who of course I wish you know he would have just stuck to his guns coming in. He ended up being a dummy and coming back and reporting to camp and all that, and he doesn't have a deal right now. Joe Mixon sat out of camp recently, according to Zach Taylor, because he had migraines. Okay, you really you missed an entire camp because of migraines. He didn't speak to media the entire camp, which just ended this past Sunday, and then magically a couple of days later, Joe Mixon and the Bengals have this deal done. Now, I'm curious, Bengals fans, your thoughts on this deal getting done. Is it a good or a bad thing? I think right now Bengals fans are trying that any time that Mike Brown kind of wakes up from his nap and decides to spend money, that it's usually a good thing because at least it shows that, hey, he is still there somewhat. Uh, and, you know, this is one of those things where I think it's there's two sides to this. Big picture is you have Joe Burrow, you have Joe Mixon, and you have you know, if T. Higgins does, you know, develop into what people think, then you have your trio moving forward now. I think it could be a good thing. Um, I think that that, you know, if you look at it that way. But if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, the problem is, is you just put a lot of money into a position that, again, this goes back to my point the other day about if you look at the if you look at the landscape of running backs, the highest paid running backs, the, the elite running backs in the NFL, they all have a couple things in common. They're either on non-playoff teams with teams who have their rookie who have a quarterback on a rookie deal or they're on playoff teams who don't have an elite quarterback. There is outside of Alvin Kamara, there really isn't an elite running back in the league that has an elite quarterback that they're playing with and which by the way, another running back to add to the oh crap, I need my money list is Alvin Kamara. The Saints are looking to trade Alvin Kamara as we currently sit here. And if you ask me, Alvin Kamara probably should have got paid before Joe Mixon got paid. But, hey, again, both organizations are in a different spot. All their money is going to Michael Thomas. All their money is going to Drew Brees. You have three potential starting quarterbacks all on one side. So <laughs> the Saints just don't have the money to be able to pay Alvin Kamara what he wants to be paid. You look at some of the highest-paid running backs in the National Football League. Christian McCaffrey getting about 16 mil a year. You know Zeke Elliott also in that same boat to run 15. Le'Veon Bell, 13 million. David Johnson for the Texans up there. But Derrick Henry, he's sitting about, you know, basically exactly what Joe Mixon's making. Joe Mixon is making what Derrick Henry is now making. Did the Bengals make a mistake by paying Joe Mixon? As I said, I see a scenario where it makes a lot of sense as far as, hey, moving forward, you have Joe Mixon, you have Joe Burrow, you have T. Higgins, you you know, Boyd and A.J. Green, you know, depending on what kind of year he has, I see the plus side to that. But the Bengals... They have so many other issues, I think, that they need to address that I think money is going to be something that they're going to need to be able to address those because you can't be patient and allow the draft to fix a lot of the glaring holes on defense. You're going to have to fix those holes quickly with money. You only have four years with Joe Burrow on a rookie deal. Technically, you've already one year in, so you have three more years of off seasons that you could spend money a little crazy without having to pay your quarterback. You've technically already padded a, a, a big chunk of that. $48 million, four-year extension for Joe Mixon. It's not going to hurt on the field. You have one of the best running backs now locked up for the next couple of years. But again, we've talked about this. You could have lost Joe Mixon, but there's going to be a Kareem Hunt. There's going to be a Dalvin Cook. There's going to be plenty of options next offseason. I'm just you know, Good for Joe Mixon, by the way. He got paid. That's good mm-hmm. for him. I'm not ripping him. I'm just curious. I think that the Bengals made a mistake. That's where my concern comes into play here. The Bengals shouldn't have made a deal at that position. That's just me as far as that, uh, I'm concerned. I think it's a solid deal. He's only 24 years old. He just turned 24 last month. Um, it's a what? Four year deal? Four year, 48 million dollar extension. So they have him for five more because the one coming up. Yep. So by the time the contract's over, they can just go ahead and let him walk, as most teams do when running backs hit over age of 28. Um, I think it's a good deal because also you got a dependable check down weapon for Joe. 
uh, Burrow. Also, what the Bengals are depending on is having better quarterback play. Sometimes better quarterback play isn't, you know, all predicated around having time to take that deep shot downfield. Sometimes good quarterback play is the check down to the running back, um, rolling out the pocket, uh, getting three yards and getting out of bounds. That's what they're depending on. They're depending on the quarterback to make the offensive line that much better. Yep. And uh, and by the way, phone lines are open at four five seven nine four six four. Bengals fans, your reaction to this? Again, this is a good thing. Big picture, I don't think it's a good thing. It's a good thing because, again, like I said, you have T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow wrapped up. You know, Boyd's going to be a part of that that core moving forward. And let's say A.J. Green has a good, solid, healthy year. He can maybe start 12 to 13 games uh, and, and be a productive receiver. You know, maybe the Bengals work out an extension with him. Um, but bottom line is is that I think that this is it's, it's, it's a semi-good thing for the Bengals. I just think it was kind of silly to spend money on a running back, especially 12 and a half a year, four years. Uh, that That's where I have a problem with it. Um, again, let's go to the social media reaction. I think, Jamie, if I'm saying your name wrong, I apologize. Jamie on Twitter says, one thing I say we could use is a cornerback. Uh, yeah, I mean, when you talk about prioritizing the needs for the team, I mean, you can go out and get productive running backs. It's difficult to go out and get a lot of the defensive pieces that they've been looking for. Yeah, they spent a lot of money this offseason, but I've never seen a team spend $150 million in the offseason and still be projected to only win two to three games. Like, <laughs> that's insane to me. That means you didn't spend the money properly. Like, that's just how I view it. I know I get criticized for beating up on the Bengals too much, but let's be clear. Every team out there, if you to, if every team was forced to spend $150 million in the offseason, I highly doubt that you would find any team that after spending $150 million in the offseason would be told, wow, you spent a lot of money. Congratulations. You're only a three- to four-win team next year. That's that's insane. That, that to me, means you did not spend your money properly. Bengals fans, don't get mad. Just combat with with something for me to work with. What, what am I missing? How do you spend that much money? And I'm asking in a non-trolling way. I'm very curious your thoughts on this, Bengals fans. How do you spend that much money and only improve your team by two wins, three wins at that? Like, that's... You didn't spend the money properly. You, you didn't spend it properly, uh, in my opinion. That's why, Kevin, I kept telling you, I think this team's better than what people are saying because there's no way you could spend that much money and be a four or five win team. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I saying that in a non trolling way as much as possible. That's where I'm at with that. Um, let's go to Rod. Rod on Twitter says, a lot of people think you can't win with a highly paid running back. I think that's a little silly. Well, Rod, I'm glad you said that because. That's kind of the conversation we had the other day. Let's take a look at the highest paid running backs in the NFL, and let's see how that's resulting to wins for teams. For instance, Christian McCaffrey and the Panthers. It's not a good team right now. They're rebuilding again. They're kind of you know they go out and they you know they they move on from Cam Newton. They're just not they're not a good team. Maybe a fringe playoff team you know in a couple years, but they're not winning a Super Bowl. The only running back that is on a good legit team right now is Ezekiel Elliott. That's the only running back that's on a good, solid team. That's the second highest paid back in the NFL, Rod. Le'Veon Bell on the Jets, no. David Johnson on the Texans, they just have a lot of flaws. I mean, you move on from Hopkins, uh, you know what I mean? Like, and you've, you've lost uh, you know, your elite pass rusher in Clowney the last couple of years. The Texans have lost more elite pieces than have brought pieces in. So, again, Texans playoff team, but I, I don't know. I'm not looking at the Texans saying, oh, yeah, they're definitely going to be one of the last two teams playing this season. Derrick Henry on the Titans, playoff team. Um, but, again, I don't look at them as Super Bowl team. We That's how we got into the argument the other day. Kenyon Drake on the Cardinals, again, they come in two years off of drafting a quarterback number one overall because they weren't a good football team. Saquon Barkley, a bad Giants team. Elvin Gordon on a questionable Broncos team. Austin Eckler on the Chargers. Again, there's a reason they were drafting so high in the draft. So, 
I, I get what you're saying, Rod, but let's be clear. I don't think it's that silly. I think it's a pattern because a lot of times the reason bad teams have highly paid running backs is because bad teams aren't in a position to pay their quarterback yet. If they, if they had a quarterback, when teams have their quarterback, they put all their money there. Then they got to prioritize their dollars, and all of a sudden the running back position is not at the top of their priority list. That's why when you look at teams like the Ravens and the Chiefs and others who have good running games, they don't have elite backs. And they're proving you don't need an elite back to win a Super Bowl. And that's the friendlier way to sum up our conversation from Friday as far as that goes. For sure, but I will point out Chris Carson. I will point out Dalvin Cook. I will point out Marlon Mack. I will point out Aaron Jones. I will point out Mark Ingram. Those are all good, in my opinion. Hold on. The, again, we got, tomorrow's show, just so we take time on it, we're going to... We're going to rank our run, not rank our running backs like one through whatever, but like the tiers of running backs. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's only a select few elite running backs. I don't think Joe Mixon's elite. I think he's he's good. I think there's I elite, agree. good, and just solid. Elite, good, and solid. And Joe Mixon is good. Yeah. All right. Um, Ingram is solid to me for the Ravens. I think he's solid. Um, Dalvin Cook, I think is fringe good, fringe elite. I, right? Yeah. Like, I'm kind of like in between on hamstrings him. together. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that would help. Um, by the way, Jay, uh, Jamie on Twitter again says, you can lean on Mixon next year when your passing game is struggling. Jamie, I completely agree with you. And by the way, you didn't have to give him a four-year extension for him to do that. Now, if he was threatening to sit out, again, that's called the leverage game and good for Joe Mixon because he won. Joe Mixon used the leverage of, hey, you just went out and got this, uh, this, this really nice rookie quarterback that's now the face of the franchise moving forward. It would really suck if he didn't have a running game to complement uh, you know, what he's going to have this year. So, again, good for Mixon for taking advantage of the leverage. Yeah, because I don't even think the Bengals drafted a running back. Uh, I don't believe so either. I don't, and again, I stopped paying attention after the f- first three rounds, basically. <laughs> uh, but usually sometimes you find something at the back end, and they did. They found a steal later in the draft anyways, but not at running back as far as that. But yeah, the tiers of running backs. Um, Rod says, fair enough. I think it just hasn't happened much lately. A good GM can pay a running back. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, I just think that my opinion is based on what the landscape of the NFL looks like. But if I'm a GM and I'm prioritizing where my money's going, quarterback, Defensive pass attack, secondary, like that's where my money is going to be mainly prioritized. That and, and Rod, to be fair, there's another reason too that a lot of the elite teams in the NFL don't have elite wide receivers. That's why some of the best wide receivers were always on bad teams. That's why OBJ's on the Browns, okay? <laughs> because they were dumb enough to pay him that money that no one else was going to pay him. The Giants, a bad team, paid him that money initially. The Browns, a bad team, took on that contract initially. Um, so yeah, we're running backs and receivers. They are the two most underpaid positions in football. Because they're super talented, but GMs don't prioritize that from a financial standpoint moving forward. But as far as the Bengals, they're in good shape. It's a good signing as far as immediacy. You know what I mean? Like in 2020, you now have a motivated Joe Mixon, hopefully. I mean, that's the thing, too. You pay somebody, sometimes they lose a little bit of that edge. Yeah. You know, but Joe Mixon's an ultimate competitor. Um, I'm, you know. I do compliment a lot of the Bengals players. I, I, I rip the Bengals organization from time to time, but from a player standpoint... I'm a big fan of a lot of the players that they have. I love Joe Burrow. Joe Mixon, one of my favorites as well. As far as the Bengals go, we'll see. But, again, I just want to highlight, my concern for the Bengals is how do you only improve your team by three games, two to three games, when you spend $150 million in the offseason and you upgraded your quarterback? 
That you know what I mean? <laughs> like that's from and you upgraded your offensive line. At least that's the lie you're trying to convince your fans to buy into. Uh, we shall see how that goes. Justin Kinner, Kev Nash with you here on fourteen ten ESPN Radio. Taking your calls at four five seven nine four six four. Jake on Twitter says when Bill Belichick says he's really good, you listen and retain him. Like Kev said, till twenty eight. Like like Bill Belichick, Jake. Cincy fan Jake, that says it all. His Twitter hand, Cincy fan Jake. Phil Belichick said he's good. <laughs> That's Bill Belichick saying, hey, we're coming to get you soon. Don't worry. We'll be back in a moment. More of the Justin Kidder Show, 1410 ESPN Radio. Kidder Show with Kev Nash. Back to the famous WING studios. Here's Justin Kidder and Kev Nash. Justin Kidder, Kev Nash, back with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. How about this? Speaking of running backs... Former Jaguars running back Leonard Fournette officially has filed a grievance against Jacksonville to try to recoup the $4.167 million in base salary that the team voided per source. Uh, again, there, you know, a lot of people are saying that there's something fishy going on behind the scenes. For what, not a lot of teams just let a, a, one of the most elite running backs in the NFL just walk, especially when he's in his rookie deal. He's cheap right now. Like He's cheap. Um, but th- this is why I think the Bengals made a mistake with Joe Mixon. I, I get it. From a talent standpoint, yeah, you got talent there, but at the expense of what? You 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 were able to keep your core together of Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow, possibly T. Higgins and, and Green and Boyd moving forward at the expense of what? What's the one position? That's probably the easiest position to replace in the National Football League is the running back. Yeah. So that's I why I think so. it's a mistake for the Bengals to do it. They're going to benefit from it early on, but, man, they're going to wish they had a little extra dollars later when they're trying to beef up this roster. I think it's the easiest to learn. I think it's the easiest to come in to straight out of college Hey, man, um, handed you the ball, hit the hole, hit it hard. The hardest thing for a young running back is to understand the blitz pickups and stuff like that. And when you come from elite programs like Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, you kind of learn those things because you have great teachers and great coaches and everything like that. So, yeah, I agree. Like, those are, those positions are replaceable because there's a lot of good talent out there. But I do think that the elite-level running back brings something extra to your team. I think the guys like a Zeke bring something extra to the team. I think guys like a Dalvin Cook bring that extra oomph to a team. I think guys like Aaron, uh, I'm going to say Aaron Green, but I know that's not his name, uh, the running back for the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Jones. I think those type of guys bring something different to your team, that explosiveness. Um, You know, I think there's a big difference between uh, anybody averaging four point – 4.5 4.5 yards a carry between Dalvin Cook averaging 4.5 yards a carry. His 4.5 yards a carry, he may only be getting like boom, get stopped at the line of scrimmage for one yard, but he's able to pop a 80-yard run. There's not too many guys in the NFL who can pop 80-yard runs. He popped three 80-yard runs last year. Like that's crazy. That's that's high school, college type of stuff. You don't see that in the NFL. Like those, like we, you know, you and I go back and forth about the whole Zeke, uh, JK thing. I don't believe that Zeke has had a, a a super long run like that in the NFL. But you know what he is doing? He's popping 30-yard runs. 30-yard runs are enormous in the NFL. Like Zeke can pop those. Not everybody can pop those runs. Look at the runs that Derrick Henry pops off. Derrick Henry had a 99-yard touchdown run. Like that's what I'm talking about. Like we can say like these guys are interchangeable and everything like that. That's different. Yep. That's a different type of thing. And I think those type of guys like that elite level, 
they deserve to be compensated for that because not everybody can do it. I know there's a difference between elite and good, and I would put Joe Mixon in that good category. But like that elite level, like the things that Christian McCaffrey can do, the things that um, Le'Veon Bell did when he was with the Steelers, like not everybody was doing that, and not everybody can do that. And that's fine, but what is that leading to? It's good for them, for the players, the teams. I mean, they're, you know, what it gets them is highlights on SportsCenter, but it's not getting them Super Bowls. So, to your point, yes, they, in the, from a player standpoint, hey, I want paid for what I bring to the table. And the team is saying, what you bring to the table is really, really good, but also we have other things that we need brought to the table, too. And when we start cutting off loose ends as far as what we love what Alvin Kamara brings to the table, what Joe Mixon brings to the table. Yes, we love all those things. We're not denying that what they do is special or, or different than everyone else. But again, we're not going to lose a Super Bowl because we don't have what you bring to the table. We're going to lose a Super Bowl because we can't find a lockdown cornerback, because we can't don't have a dominant pass rush, uh, because we have weak linebacker play. That's why I think, and again, regardless of my opinion, what I think, that's that's not me saying that. That's, the NFL's telling us that. The NFL's telling us that. The Rams are telling us that by just letting Gurley go. The Jaguars are telling us that by just letting Fournette go. The, the Saints are telling us that by just letting, you know, tr- looking to trade Alvin Kamara. The Vikings are telling us that by saying, you know what, we know Dalvin Cook's good, but man, we've we, we got to pay it. Salary cap sport. So you got to make why. your sacrifices. Uh, my, my rebuttal to that would be. Look what the look what the Cowboys do with Zeke's on the field, and look what they do when he's not on the field. They're like two totally different teams, and I'm not like a huge Zeke fan uh, anyway. But there's no denying what he's capable of on the field. I just think like these guys like, and also I think it has to do a lot with, you know, we always want to pay certain people. We want to pay the the offensive tackle. We want to pay the linebacker and everything like that. We want to pay the the playmaking safety and stuff like that that's great and i want all these dudes to get paid but i think it is the gm's responsibility to find those gems like all right you found this gem of a quarterback like all right the cowboys they found Dak. they plugged in Dak. all right uh shoot you find this running back that works great with aaron jones uh with green bay well why can't you find a receiver to do that why can't you do your job and find a safety in a corner that can do that that's your job as a gm and a scouting department scout somebody identify somebody draft that somebody like I, that's how i see it i don't see it as all right well the running back y'all y'all are interchangeable no a lot of these dudes is interchangeable like i really think that i really think all these guys are interchangeable it's up to the gm to find them and get have them play on their rookie deals and build around everybody else. Like what well, I don't understand why the the quarterback and the running back have to be the sacrificial lambs all the time. Like, well, you have to take less money because we gotta build stuff around you. Well, then you get my money and then you find the other people to get paid less and we can play some ball. Well, how's that work for Aaron Rodgers? Hey, they <laughs> was an NFC championship game last year. How's that work for Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, you got so, how many quarterbacks we talk about have more? I mean, Tom Brady has carpal tunnel from carrying all those rings around. So, but I'm just I'm saying go, that's the Patriot way, right there. But I, I don't. But you always try to pull that. It, it's a Super Bowl or bust mentality in the NFL. That's but what they're when, for. But when you when we bring up LeBron James, is uh, he made it there though? He made it there though. These dudes is making it. They're Aaron Rodgers hasn't made it back to a Super Bowl since when the Steelers beat him. They're on the doorstep. They're right there. I, I right there. No one's home. 
They're right there. <laughs> they're right there. They're right there. There's a different. I mean, we're you're literally using LeBron actually getting to the finals to talk about Aaron Rodgers being right but there. But you didn't win it though, right? Get a ticket. That's you the didn't only win it, though. Aaron Rodgers is get You know, what do you mean he's? I know he didn't win it. That's I never what I'm said he didn't win. So how come it's, it's, it's all or nothing in the NFL, but it's okay for LeBron just to make it? Well, a separate thing here, like when we bring up the MJ thing, MJ 6 0 in NBA Finals, but we ignore all the times that he wasn't even. I, I think it's more embarrassing to lose in the first round of the NBA playoffs as often as MJ did compared to as many times as LeBron lost in the finals. I mean, damn. I almost said the other word. I had to change my four-letter word there at the end. Hey, Linda, real quick on Facebook, Linda Brooks Howard says plus nine. I'm curious, plus nine, what does that mean, plus nine? No golf game? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Hey, I did get a I agree with you from Rod, so I don't get many people that say I agree with you, and I think that was earlier about the other thing, but I just like to point out when when people agree with me. This one's important. I like that Bill's wit. I like that. Then yeah, they got Stefan Diggs that they added to that line. You know, another year. Mike yeah. Sinclair in the backfield. Be a two-headed monster. I like If it. I make that, I pull that trigger. Hour three, next. Muscle Cars, Classic Cars, and Imports. You've got to see Cars and Parts Giant Swap Meet event this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the Springfield Clark County Fairgrounds. Thousands of vendors and cars for sale this weekend at Springfield Clark County Fairgrounds. Info at OhioSwapMeet.com or call 937-376-0111. You got to see it. You got to be there. so long ago, lots of things made people happy. I used to love going to the gym. I miss saying good morning to my coworkers. Today, there are still things that can make people happy. Oh, how pretty. A beautiful bouquet of flowers will definitely make someone happy. First Florist and Greenhouses can help you make someone happy. Go to firsttheflorist.com, choose a bouquet, and they'll deliver it safely. Make someone happy with First Florist and Greenhouses. Live here on ESPN Dayton. Justin Kidder, Kevin Nash with you here. Hour three. We are live on Dayton's ESPN Radio Station 1410, Wing AM. Uh, the Big Ten fall season. We thought we had put that to bed twice. I mean, it's just, it just keeps coming back and coming back. And, uh, we thought we had put it to bed for the final time, and then all of a sudden, uh, the Donald uh, picks up his cellular device, and he gives a call to the Warren, to the Kevin Warren, Big Ten commissioner, and, uh, you know, tells him that, hey, we'll do everything we can to, you know, puts you in a position to have a false season because the Donald wants there to be football. Having football is very important in America, or at least Big Ten football, because Big Ten fans could impact whether or not he, you know, he gets a second term as president or not, which is very ironic because right now all you Big Ten fans, you're just pawns and a, you know, you say, I don't want, I don't like when politics, and, and you know, gets involved with my sports, uh, but yet you don't realize that you are literally a pawn right now in this upcoming election. You are a pawn. Like the there's a, folks pay attention. There's a reason that the Donald is not focusing on the Pac-12. Uh, I, I just updated the, the last report I saw is that as of 20 minutes ago, he had still yet to reach out to the Pac-12. Why would he not reach out to the Pac-12? Because football is important, right? Football. I mean, it's America. Football. Well, Big Ten football is important because obviously a lot of swing states, a lot of I mean, there's a very important factors that play a role not in 
you know, who doing this for you, the football fan, it's doing it for him to, in return, get your vote, which whatever, I don't care who you vote for, vote for whoever the hell you want, just vote. However, you're a pawn. All of you, you're all hypocrites. You guys sit there and preach to radio host us and everyone across the country that, hey, I don't want to hear about politics and sports until all of a sudden the political side all of a sudden benefits you. Then all of a sudden it's okay uh, to add some creamer to your coffee all of a sudden. Like, right? Like, that's the thing. Like, to, to compare sports talk to coffee, it's like, I just want my coffee uh, and I don't want any creamer in there. I just want, you know, yeah, that's what this is now. So now it's okay to put a little creamer in your coffee all of a sudden. I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. But bottom line is the selfish part of me is like, you know what? I just want football. I just want Big Ten football. I want Ohio State football. Here's the statement they'll release, Kevin, the Big Ten conference statement regarding the conversation with the White House. All right, so with that being said, here's the statement. A White House representative reached out to the Big Ten Conference Commissioner Kevin Warren on Monday, August 31st, 2020, to facilitate a phone call between President Donald J. Trump and Commissioner Warren. On Tuesday, September 1st, 2020, Commissioner, uh, on Tuesday, September 1st, 2020, Commissioner Warren and the President had a very productive conversation. In fact, it was so productive that it led to this second part of the, uh, of the statement. This is where I'm like, yeah, the Big Ten's kind of telling you, I think, again, you can look at this in many different ways, but here's the second part of this this uh, statement. Kevin says that the Big Ten Conference and its return to competition task force, mm -hmm. it's cute, on behalf of the Big Ten Council of Presidents and Chancellors are exhausting every resource to help student athletes get back to playing the sports they love at the appropriate time in the safest and healthiest way possible. That's not really a statement. How is that any different than the statement that they last reported to us about postponing everything to spring? Like, so if you're asking yourself, is this is the Donald getting involved all of a sudden going to increase the chances of there being a season come this fall? I, I think it's at least helping the conversation return. But keep in mind, Donald doesn't have a vote in this particular situation because right. 14 university presidents voted. 11 of the 14 presidents voted to postpone the season. You need at least six of those 11 to change their vote to appease the 60% rule. If you don't have 60% of the vote, one side or the other, it doesn't matter. You need 60% of the vote to play this fall. And I don't know. I don't, are you really just because uh, Kevin Warren going to call all these, uh, you know, all the presidents say, hey, so the Donald called. Uh, how are you doing? So the Donald called, and he wants us to play. Uh, are we good? No, I don't think it's going to be that simple. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be that simple. Hey. Got, just so you're clear, we got permission to talk politics and sports today. That's not my – I didn't sign that off. You, the the fan, the listener did. Because all day on social media, God bless the USA. Donald Trump is, is now trying to get you Big Ten football back. So now it's okay to talk politics and sports. That was your guys' rule, not ours. You, you said we couldn't talk politics and sports. But today, we got a waiver. Speaking of waivers, we got a waiver to be able to talk politics and sports because the Donald is helping you get Big Ten football back. But the problem is – I don't think it's going to lead to that. You open the door to talk politics, here's the deal. A lot of those university presidents, which way do they sway, Kev? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just don't see how this is going to work out in Big Ten fans' favor. Uh, I want there to be a season. I think there's a chance. I just think it's a long shot. That's all. I, I think it's a long shot. You have to convince six of the 11 uh, presidents to change their vote, and I don't think that's happening, unfortunately. Is the president having phone calls with the commissioner of the MAC? Is he having conference calls with the commissioner of the Mountain West? Is he having conference calls with the Pac-12? Just curious. No, they're not pawns in the overall scheme of things. 
Whichever, by the way, politics, there's pawns on both sides. I'm not just saying this, you know, I'm not attacking one side here, but the side we're talking about is like, wake up, folks, you're a pawn. You're a pawn. He's not doing this because he thinks that, oh, we need football. If we need football, he'd be fighting to get, like you said, Mac football back, Mountain West football back. Why would he not pick up the phone and work on the Pac-12? Because the Pac-12 doesn't impact whether or not he gets reelected come second term or not. So, folks, you're a pawn. Don't you're a pawn in this. Don't let's be clear, straight up. That that's all this is. And by the way, you're probably saying like me, well, if me being a pawn gets Ohio State football back, then you know what? <laughs> pawn away, I guess. So uh, you know, it is what it is as far as that's concerned. I don't know, man. It's a tricky situation that everybody's involved in. We talked about having to flip six of the eleven schools that already said postpone it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we tried to break down like pathways to get to those six. It's it's gonna be difficult. Um if there is going to be college football starting, what did you say, on October 10th? October 10th, the target start date. With yeah. eight conference games. Then we have that whole cluster to deal with, with uh, Ohio State only playing eight games when other conferences are playing 10 to 11 games. And if they stumble, will they make the college football playoff? We don't even know if there will be a college football playoff. Like, everything's in limbo. And then we have so many guys opting out. Um, and then you have the pressure my built-in pressure for the Ohio State Buckeyes if everything works out in their favor from the protests, from the teachers, from the fans going absolutely crazy to have a season and now the president is involved and he he's able to help turn the tide and make them a Big Ten season, then Ohio State better bring home a national championship, right? I mean, everybody's doing their best to make sure they have a chance to play. So the only way you can repay the fan base is to bring home a national championship. Like That's the only way. It better be a, a Big Ten team hoisting the trophy because all this and you don't bring home the national championship trophy is for nothing in my opinion. Justin Kenner, Kevin Nash with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. We are live on Facebook and ESPN Dayton's YouTube channel as well. So head to Facebook, search The Justin Kenner Show, uh, and uh, be a part of the conversation. The chat is open. Leave your opinions in the comment section below. We'll be able to pull your part of the conversation into the show and interact with you that way if you cannot call in. Um, interesting note here. With, you know, with that being said, you know the other perception out there is that, man, how come they get to play and we don't? And it, the the perception is is that everyone it's smooth sailing for everyone, like the SEC. There's no hiccups in the road. I mean, there's an article that came out over the weekend about right now. There's an investigation at Alabama because Alabama personnel is instructing class, uh, you know, is in, is instructing professors and coaches to not report or to not comment on the outbreak that's happening at Alabama. They're trying to you know push that under the rug. By the way, Crazy. so when we sit here and act like oh everything's smooth in the SEC, it's not. In fact, I think that it's starting to get a little out of control because. You're starting to see you're starting to see some things change from the last couple of weeks. The last couple of weeks, the SEC has been laughing at the Big Ten, but LSU just lost the best player on their roster, the top wide receiver remaining probably in the in the you know in college football at least heading into the NFL draft. And then uh, it just came out a little bit ago. ESPN Ed Orgeron just met with the media and said right now there's a significant amount of LSU players who are on the verge of opting out after a team meeting earlier today. Significant amount. All right, uh, so you have Alabama who's hiding a bunch, you know, who, who's hiding their results. You have um, Ed Orgeron 
head coach of a defending national championship team who is just trying to hold on to as many pieces as he can. We'll step out of the SEC real quick, and let's take a look at the American Conference, if you will. Uh, the UCF players, Kevin, 10 of them just opted out today due to the coronavirus. 10. 10 players. So let's stop acting, people. You crybaby fans. Let's stop acting like everyone else is just playing football and everything's normal. Nothing's normal about right now. You could, you're throwing your temper tantrum right now. You're throwing your binky on the floor and screaming and hollering. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to get the season, and then week two, it's going to be pulled from you again. <laughs> like, that, like, that's the thing. Like, we just don't know. It's crazy how all this is panning out, to be honest with you. And you got to think about it. If 10 guys from UCF are opting out, so many guys from LSU are opting out, everybody on there isn't Micah Parsons from Penn State. Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys are just opting out because, hey, man, I'm worried. And a lot of these guys aren't opting out to say, like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and train for the NFL. They're opting out. These are underclassmen that are opting out as well. So the chances that people are saying, like, all right, they're just opting out so they can go play in the NFL. A lot of these guys aren't doing that. Some of these guys are just opting out because they don't feel safe. So what's going to happen? What's going to happen if we get back to Big Ten season and then you know who? QB number one says, yeah, you know what? Think I'm going to go ahead and opt out. What are you going to do when cornerback number 24 says, mm, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and opt out? What are you going to do then? What are you going to do when the, our precious best offensive line in the country opts out? Says, eh, I'm going to go ahead and opt out, man. I'm cool, man. I'm a first-round pick, bro. <laughs> I'm Wyatt Davis, man. <laughs> when, since when does a guard go in the top 15 in the NFL? They really don't. But I'm going in the top 15. I'm going to get paid. I'm opting out. When all these dudes start opting out, as they should to protect themselves, I want that same energy. Keep that same energy. Don't turn your back on them. Don't turn your back on them. Don't be like, oh, you're not true Buckeyes because they start looking out for themselves. Keep that same energy, man. Like a lot of guys are wising up and realizing, you know what, it just ain't worth it. Not only it ain't worth it to play right now during a pandemic, but, you know, the spirit of competition, too. Like, don't tell me these guys don't want the, trust me, the coaches may not want Ohio State in it, but the guys that are playing, they want Ohio State. They want Ohio State to play in it for multiple reasons. They know how good Ohio State football is, and they want bragging rights over them. You think Clemson don't want another piece of Ohio State again? You think LSU don't want some Ohio State? You think Bama don't want some Ohio State and vice versa? All these big-time schools, they want to play against each other. Ohio State, they don't care who they play in the national championship game as long as it's Clemson, LSU, or Bama. They want one of them. They want one of them in the national championship game because you know why? When the scouts look at that film, they're not looking at the Miami of Ohio film. Trust me, they're not. When they get drafted on the NFL draft, the highlights they're showing of is against the big dogs. They're not showing them running down the, the sideline and nobody's touching them versus Bowling Green. They're not. They want tape versus the big dogs. Big dogs want to play Let other the big, big dogs. Eat. Let the big dog eat. Uh, by the way, of course, you know, can't. We, we, we ruffle the feather. Right? This comes we? from Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith. Well, me. You know, Jimmy, Jimmy Smith from the Jim, Ravens? J- Jimmy Smith says, pawns, question mark. You don't think you've been a pawn wearing these stupid masks? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Well, you know, we're we're a pawn wearing a stupid mask. No, Jimmy, oh. Jimmy Smith, you are a pawn right now. 
You don't like it, but you don't have a choice. You are a pawn right now. That's why the only conference that the Donald, and he's mad that I'm calling him the Donald, and he said, and for Pete's sake, it's President Trump, not the Donald. Uh, oh, okay, and he told me to stay in my lane. Well, what's my lane, Mr. Jimmy Smith? Please tell me what is my lane. What is my li- are we not allowed to are we not allowed to talk politics today? Oh yeah, we are because politics is benefiting you. That, that's the thing. When politics and sports overlap and it benefits you, it's okay. Um, but when you you know when you don't want to make the world better by trying to eliminate police brutality and everything, oh that's we can't have that kind of politics overlapping in sports. But hey, you know we can have uh, give us our football season. Dang it. God bless America. Uh, you know, the Donald. The Donald is using you as a pawn. There's a reason that the Donald didn't call the, the, the Pac-12 to get them back up and rolling. He didn't call the MAC, the Mountain West. He called the only Miette, one. The you know, he called the conference that had the most, uh, you know, they had the most upside to his, you know, campaign and the chances of his reelection come November. It's that simple. And I don't even know why you're getting mad at that. Like, even, like... That's not even really an opinion. That's just common sense. And if you can't see that, then you need to take that mask and pull it down from your eyes and back over your mouth where it should be. Because I don't understand what you're getting so angry about. If you're that blind, I mean, come on. That's not even a political opinion. That's just that. That's common sense. I, I mean, hey, you guys open the door, Jimmy, Mr. Sensitive Jimmy. You you open the door to this. We were allowed to talk politics today because it benefited you. Normally, you're telling us, oh, no no politics and sports. They don't overlap. But today, we were given permission by you because we're playing by your rules. Hey, n- no politics and sports. But today, we were allowed to talk politics and sports because it's it's benefiting you. You seem excited to do this. Uh, it, it's, it's irritating. <laughs> it, it's irritating. I, I, it, it is what it is. Bottom line, to sum up, yes, I want there to be a college football season. However, I'm just tired of people acting like when you look around the college football landscape, Kevin – it's not all butterflies and rainbows and sunshine. There's a, I mean, there's a lot of issues that the schools are battling just to keep this, to, get, to keep their chances of having a season going. Kyle McGuire says, uh, "New drinking game. We take a shot every time Kenner says the Donald, the Donald, the Donald, the Donald, the Donald." <laughs> aye, aye, aye. Uh, Kyle also says, "But what's the end game of vaccine? We don't know what the end game is, but the, we do know at this point right now." They're not comfortable. That that that's all that matters. And again, there's going to be most likely college football, and it might be a Big Ten season. But the Donald calling Kevin Warren and saying, "Hey, we need a season." Kevin Warren can't just say, "Okay, let's have a season." He has to be able to convince eleven, uh, six of the eleven presidents who voted to postpone the season. He has to convince six of them, at least six of them, to overturn their vote to be able to move forward. This isn't a Kevin Warren decision. It's cohesively. You know, it's a cohesive decision from school presidents. It's not that difficult to figure out as far as that's concerned. All right. Again, this is why. I mean, I told you guys, I don't like talking politics with my sports. It always leads to to shouting. New rule, no politics in sports unless it benefits you. Once a Buckeye, always a Buckeye. Buckeye. (laughs) Unless you're Tate Martell. All right. Someone asked us earlier where we think Leonard Fournette's going. Should we switch to that? I think it's safe if we switch to that. I think we should. Okay. Bye, Jimmy. We'll talk soon. More of the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash when we come back. Back, Justin 
Austin Kinner, Kev Nash with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. So the Major League Baseball trade deadline came and went yesterday, of course, and the Reds lose last night on ESPN, not just on 1410 ESPN Radio, but they were actually uh, on ESPN in a loss to the Cardinals in embarrassing fashion, typical. Uh, but at this point right now, the Cincinnati Reds are sitting at 15 and probably go down to... No, 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 no. Seven and nine, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, st- I'm keeping my 12. My, okay. The Browns win 12. They're going to start 0-1, but, I mean, you know. You see that line on that Browns-Ravens game. It's like plus 9. Yikes. Oofa. Oofa. I, plus 9. I'm taking the under on that. Yeah, definitely. They're not blowing the Browns out. Not in week one. You know. Well, what happened week one last year? Well, I mean, there, it, it, what? I just asked a question. so long ago. It was so long ago. <laughs> so long ago. To your boy. What? They had Freddie Kitchens last year. They got Kevin Stefanski this year. I'm telling you, the Browns are going to be fine. All right, so while the Bengals are being dumb and overpaying their running back, the Browns are going to take care of business this year. Okay. Just saying. Yeah, but the Reds would have to go 15-10 and 10, uh, the final 25 games of the season just to finish at 500. And 15-10, and 10, that should be doable. But that's they would have to win. They, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean... Literally, we used to do the over-under game. I mean, we can do our own little mini over-under here. The Reds, over-under 15, 14 wins right now. Do you, do you on, think man. they get that? I don't know. I think they're going to... Under. I think they're going to finish right around that 27-28 win mark. And they're going to miss the playoffs. And they have three of the best pitchers in baseball. And they have a lineup that features Castellanos and Mustakas and Eugenio Suarez. And you go get and you spend a lot of money to bring Shogo Akiyama over here. Uh, I mean, there's no excuse. Jesse Winker, by the way, who's just been fantastic. I went from hating him at the beginning of the season to now you hate when his presence is not there um, in, in the, you know, when his presence is not there in the lineup, which, by the way, smart on his part last night. There's a lefty on the mound tonight. He doesn't hit well against lefties. So uh, he appealed his suspension last night, knowing that he would get to play during the appeal process, knowing that he wasn't going to win the appeal. Right. Tonight would have normally been an off night for him anyways, going up against a lefty. So he's going to miss tonight's game. Uh, Suarez is getting hot, though. Again, this it's September 1st. So let's see. Maybe September 1st, we might look back at this day and say today was the day that the Reds like kind of flipped that switch. But it all 15, turned around. Yeah, and, and let's be clear. They can go 15 and 10, finish at 30 and 30, and still miss the playoffs. Like, that's not like unrealistic right now with the way things are going. So that's what's frustrating as far as this Reds team is concerned. By the way, uh, David Shaw. Uh, he says, "I'll take the Ravens plus the point. Uh, I'll take the Ravens plus the points, and I'll bet you a round of golf that the Browns finish under nine wins." Who you want to talk about? Oh, under nine? Oh, no, they ain't finished under nine wins. I told you, twelve and four. Twelve and four. Zero oh and one to start, but you know, there you go. They win twelve of their last fifteen. Bingo. They're good. They're good. I'm, I have confidence in my team. I'm not going to be like the Bengals. Say, oh, man, we're so good. We spent all this money. We got our quarterback. We just extended our running back. But we're only going to win four games. <laughs> it's like that doesn't make any sense. Like, you can't be, I mean, you can't sit there and list all these positive things about the Bengals and then say, oh, but we're only going to win four games. <laughs> he says, put your money where your mouth is. David, my ass has been writing checks that my mouth can't cash for years now, okay? <laughs> 
as far as that goes. Uh, but no, Red's back in action tonight. And again, we'll see. There was a lot of uh, action around the trade deadline. We're going to have Tim Kirkshin coming up on the show on Wednesday, which is nice. tomorrow. Uh, so we're going to talk with ESPN's Tim Kirkshin tomorrow about the, the landscape of Major League Baseball as we head into the final month of the season. It's By the way, we didn't even mention this. So it is September 1st. Yeah. It, is, it is officially September. Yeah, man. It's I mean, I September. woke up this morning. You know, normally I go for my walks, and that's when I bombard you with a whole bunch of it's my alarm, texts <laughs> and things I'm thinking about for the show and everything like that. And I'm like, yo, I went outside, and I was like, yo, I got to get a hoodie. Matter of fact, while I'm grabbing the hoodie, let me grab a scully. It's kind of chilly outside. As foggy as can be, too. So. Yeah, so uh, the weather's changing. Uh, sun is starting to set. You know, I've been going for my bike rides in the evening and everything like that. Like, I got to, like, haul butt to get home, man, because the sun starts to set. You know, I'm on the bike path. You start to see, you know, deer. You start to see skunk. Like, that's how dark it is. Like, it's dark at by 830 now. So, yeah, man. Times right. are changing. Oh my! It is changing. By the way, speaking of that, we already as long as we have waited. By the way, to be able to get to this point of the season, uh, to even get to a season, high school football is coming up this Friday night, week two of the high school football season. We had Centerville at Fairmont last week, and this week we'll have another Centerville game. We'll be at Centerville. Keith Byers, College Football Hall of Famer, and I will be at Centerville coming up this Friday night as they welcome in 1-0 Springfield. Both teams get uh, week one wins over their respective opponent. opponents. Springfield gets a huge win over Wayne. Centerville got a big win over Fairmont, 21-20 the final there. That was our game of the week last week, so it's going to be interesting, too. This is a big game for both. There's so many big games squeezed into this six-week season. I mean, Centerville, I mean, that's what I, I love that the, the GWAT kind of shrunk down, Kev, from that, you know, because every week you would have a lot of bad matchups. There's not a lot of bad matchups now. Every week there are big time matchups, you know, whether it's Wayne Centerville, Wayne Springfield, mm-hmm. you know, Miamisburg, Fairmont, whatever the matchup is. And again, that's not this week's games. I'm just throwing out just different matchups. But every week there's a big time matchup, and we're fortunate to be calling it this year. Yeah, so. man. You can also vote on who you think is going to win the game yep. on the website. Go ahead and do that. Um, you know, I'm here for it all, man. I'm here for some good college, college football, high school football. Like I told you guys before, my godson, he's a freshman at Centerville. So uh, they got a win last week for the freshman team. So I'm rooting for Centerville all season long. Shouts out to the Elks. Head to wingam.com. You'll see right at the top who you got. Who you got in this week's Week 2 matchup? It's our ESPN Dayton High School Football Game of the Week. Springfield at Centerville. Who you got? In that matchup, well, let's hear from the Centerville fans. We'll hear from the Springfield fans. It's a big matchup. David says uh, Springfield plus two <laughs> touchdowns. Springfield's good, but, man, I'm a huge fan of Chase Harrison um, as far as that goes. Like Chase Harrison, he didn't even have his best game this past Friday night, but uh, I don't expect him to ha- continue having those types of games. Again, it's basically, I mean, the first time you're going up against a different opponent than right. your team. So, it, it, but both teams look sloppy. And again, we only obviously watch those two teams. I'm sure high school football was sloppy around yeah. uh, the Miami Valley, around the whole entire country. I mean, I'm pretty sure the first high school football game is a little sloppy just because it's been such a different offseason and preparation uh, as far as that's concerned. Alright, we'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash on 1410 ESPN Radio. Head to wingam.com. Who you got? Our ESPN Dayton High School Football Game of the Week. Springfield, Centerville, cast your vote, and we'll keep track of that throughout the week, heading into our Friday night week two matchup, the Elks and the Wildcats. More of the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash next. I'm thinking of you. 
What kinder words could be more meaningful at a time like this? At First Florist and Greenhouses, we know everyone is coping the best they can. And when hugs are not possible, a kind word or gesture can bring comfort and a smile. So today, make that phone call or send a heartfelt note to someone you care about. And if you'd like to send a fresh bouquet of flowers, we can help with that. We're First Florist and Greenhouses at 1306 Troy Street in Dayton, a local family-owned business since 1905. And we're thinking of you. Ken or Kevin Nash with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Got to get one that has a little more oomph to it. That sounds like, I mean, that shouldn't sound like AM in our headset. <laughs> you get this from YouTube? Uh, I mean, apparently, I don't even know where the hell I got it from, to be honest with you, but it's a great song. So great that I can't even use the words in it. Those are always the best songs. Those are always the best. Okay. Because people are getting mad at me saying that Kevin Warren, you know, if he wants to keep his job, he needs to overturn this. Folks, you don't understand. You know, the, it's the Big Ten presidents that decide when they return to play. It's not Kevin Warren. It's not the athletic directors. It's not the coaches. And it's definitely, definitely not the players' parents. <laughs> like, I'm serious. Like, you can, every weekend, you can have a couple hundred people line up outside every stadium in the Big Ten. It's not going to make a difference. Kevin Warren does not make this decision, folks. Not the athletic directors, not the coaches. Definitely not the players' parents. Like it's the presidents aren't, and, and like that's the thing about all this too. Like and and Steve Man, uh, Stuart Mandel on Twitter too. He he tweeted out a very interesting point. By the way, Kevin, he says last week Northwestern president, uh, the Northwestern president ordered that all freshmen and sophomores need to stay home in closed fraternities and sororities. That's one vote you are not overturning. Mm-mm. Like like that president is making those decisions on a campus. That has nothing to do with sports. He, I mean, he he literally ordered freshmen, sophomores to stay home. And again, by the way, this isn't an argument about whether you think that they're making the right decision or not. I, what, how we're approaching this is it's going to be very difficult to convince those athletic directors to flip their call. Again, right. 11 of the 14, the only schools, the only presidents that voted to not postpone was Ohio State, Iowa, Nebraska. So you need to get six of the final 11 to change their vote to be able to appease the 60% rule. Northwestern, you're not getting their vote. I don't think you're getting Michigan and Michigan State's vote. Both presidents for those universities you know, have come out and said that they supported the decision outright to, to not have. So I'm telling you, this is going to be very difficult. I'm not defending Kevin Warren, but folks, Kevin Warren's not the decision maker here, unfortunately. Like, we're blaming the wrong guy here. You you should be pointing your anger towards 11 different school presidents. And instead, you're pointing it towards one individual who basically is the messenger. He's feeding you the information that they give him. So that's all. That, same, that's thing, same thing that happens in the NFL with Roger Goodell. He's the bad guy. He gets paid to be the bad guy. He comes down with everything that the owners want, and that's his job. And that's the same thing with Kevin Warren. He's the bad guy. He gets paid to be the bad guy. In this situation... You know, normally, you know, we talk about Jim Delaney. A lot of people didn't like Jim Delaney back in his tenure as the commissioner of the Big Ten. But thanks to Jim Delaney, we have the Big Ten Network. We have, like, this mega conference. We have this conference where schools are getting paid. We have crazy. Yes. (laughs) Got them to that New York market, (laughs) which in turn got those schools a lot of 
a lot of big checks and a lot of money. Um, it's just a bad situation to be in, to be your first year on the job and you dealing with this situation. I'm not saying he handled it the correct way by any by any means, but, you know, this is difficult. Don't act like this is easy, like, oh, this is simple, just play ball. Like, we are in the middle of a pandemic, and people are really worried about playing football. Yeah, we had Herm Edwards, and by the way, the difference from the Pac-12 reaction versus the Big Ten reaction, it's like night and day. It is insane. Um, when we had Herm Edwards on, and I tweeted this out earlier, and again, follow me on Twitter at 1410Kinner, or unfollow me, that happens a lot too. Shocker, I know. Um, Herm Edwards was on the show, and I asked him, I said, you know, what, what's, what has been internally your campus's response to this, like the parents of his players? He said he didn't get any complaints from his players' parents. And don't say, oh, well, it's, it's Arizona State. Folks, you have Iowa and Nebraska parents are losing their minds. Iowa and Nebraska parents, their players, their sons aren't having national championship hopes taken from them. There's only one school in the Big Ten that has championship hopes, and that's Ohio State. So I get their frustration. But to sit there and, and say, oh, Iowa and Nebraska, to give them credit for being upset, but then sit there and knock Arizona State. I mean, Arizona State's not that different than a lot of the programs in the Big Ten. Right. They're not competing for national championships as far as that's concerned. Uh, but when we had uh, Herm Edwards on, yeah. he straight up said, look, he, want, you know, he wants to play. The players want to play. Of course, the parents want their kids to play. But he's not in charge. He goes, I'm the coach. Herm Edwards goes, I'm the coach of this football team when it comes to football. But he's not the coach right now. He is not the coach right now. He said the doctors are. The doctors are mm. the coaches. That was Herm Edwards saying that. That's not a Justin Kinner opinion. That is someone who actually is in a position that their opinions matter. So, that, you know what I mean? Like when Herm Edwards is saying that, that's key. Ron uh, says, Justin, uh, was it you the last few weeks saying, Kevin, this and that and putting him down? Wow. What? Yeah, you do put me down a lot. Uh, yeah, Kevin. Which Kevin? <laughs> I have no respect for either Kevin. Kevin Warren or Kev Nash. Who runs Dayton, by the way? <laughs> that is a fact. Uh, I, a fact. I believe Ron's talking about um, Kevin Warren. I, yeah, I have. Kevin Warren has not handled this correctly at all. He This has blown up in his face. I think Kevin Warren honestly approached this Kevin like made it too simplistic. It's... Like, I agree with this standpoint of, hey, it's really not up to him. It's up to the school presidents. 11 of the 14 voted not to, you know, or voted to postpone the season. I think he just thought, oh, well, okay, cool. I don't need to really provide any other. I mean, if the presidents who are doing their own conversations behind, you know, if they, you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. kind of, I, I don't know that, but that's kind of how I'm approaching this. I feel like Kevin Warren just thought, well, hey, we took a vote. They don't want to play, so. Cool. This is easy. Like it was easy for the Pac-12, their their commissioner, and and, th and Herm Edwards told me this exactly on the show. He said, "Hey, it was unanimous across the Pac-12. Every athletic director, even though it's not their call, but every athletic director and every school president was on board for pulling the plug on the fall season and postponing. It was unanimous across the board. No one's, um, you, you know, ripping them. So when it comes to the Big Ten. I think he was maybe thinking it was going to be the same thing for the Pac-12, and he was dead wrong. Again, and you know what? And that that's on him, but you know who else is on? Whoever else works at the Big Ten offices. Because they have to let him know, like, hey, okay, it's cool. We're going to cancel the season and fall sports. You got your just do. You got your reasons. But he, someone at that office has to let him know how rabid these fan bases are in the Big Ten, especially the Buckeyes. 
you got to explain that to him because I mean he's not from here. He doesn't have that that knowledge about what's going to happen. So somebody that works there that has been working there needs to let him know like, all right, there's going to be a major backlash, and if nobody at the Big Ten offices, obviously they didn't expect this, uh, yeah. knew that there was going to be a backlash. Somebody, I don't know if somebody's responsible for like the backlash department, but you gotta know that was gonna happen. You gotta know, like, you gotta have something prepared for the backlash. There was nothing prepared for the backlash. So it's not just a failure on his part, it's a failure on the entire staff at the Big Ten Conference headquarters. So it's a lot of blame to go around. It's the blame uh, for the lack of a season, the lack of transparency. It's a lot of blame to go around on different fronts. He's not the only person to blame there. People that work for him are to blame. He's to blame. The presidents are to blame. It's everybody. But he's the fall guy. He's the face of it because he's the one going on doing the press conferences. Not answering questions, by the way. But, you know, he's the fall guy. No, and uh, Ron Howard says uh, we have a lot of Rons on here. Ron, this the Ron says, uh, where in the hell has Gene Smith been? Ron, in, in fairness to Gene Smith, I mean, when you ask where he's been, <laughs> what are you I, supposed to do? It, there's nothing he can do now. To be fair, I think it's fair to put more pressure on the athletic director of the most powerful university in the conference. Um, you know, I, I think that the reason you see Justin Fields taking it upon himself to go make the media rounds to push for a season, the reason Ryan Day is having to say, you know, we're not done yet, we're not done yet, I still feel like the Justin Fields and Ryan Day and the parents, that they're having to step up and voice their opinions as loud as they are because he's not. I feel like if Gene Smith, but to be fair, there's really not another athletic director doing that, but right. I think we can't compare Gene Smith to other athletic directors, you compare other athletic directors to him. Mm -hmm. He is the guy. He's running he's the athletic director for the Ohio State University. So I think it's fair to hold him to a little bit of a higher standard. But again, to I don't know how much of a difference that would have made. He fell in line. He fell in line to what what the commissioners wanted. What you know, he fell in line just to get prepared for a winter season or spring season, whatever they're gonna call it. Um it is what it is. David says uh, there is no fan base in the Pac-12 like any of the fan bases in the Big Ten. See, that's that that, that mentality that the Big Ten is just the greatest thing ever. I they're, would disagree with I that. I would disagree with that wholeheartedly. Like, if you I've, want to I've say Northern to, Ohio State, no, nothing touches Ohio State's I've fan been base. To, I've been to, I went to the USC-Texas yep. game. Those fans out there, they may be fair-weather fans, you could say that, but when USC was on top in the early, mid-2000s, and I went to that game, it was insane out there. Like they were cheering for when guys were uh, carted off the field, getting hurt. Like it felt like an ah, NFL game. <laughs> felt like an NFL game. Yeah. Like that's what it felt like. So yeah, they have crazy fans out there as well. But yeah, you got to be prepared for the backlash, and that's something that he wasn't ready for. And whoever's working with him for him at the Big Ten offices, they failed him. They failed him on that. One more thing here. Last thing from David. David says he can handle it wrong and still not have a vote whether Big Ten plays. Both can be true. Uh, yeah, like he he doesn't he doesn't have a vote on. I mean, like he has no decision. Like he doesn't have a decision making. Oh, okay, okay. I, was I misread it too at first. I was confused too. So he can handle it wrong and still not have a vote whether the Big Ten. David, I'm not defending him at all. But we are saying that it is silly to put it on one person, even though it is his job to be the the guy that everything comes back right. on. 
this isn't just on Kevin Warren. It's the whole thing. You mean to tell me there's not one other person within? I mean, it's the most powerful conference out there outside of the SEC. And you mean there's not a secondary person that knows what the hell's going on to be able to speak up or at least advise Kevin Warren of what to do? This was a fa- it was a complete failure from the conference as a whole. Mm-hmm. And let's be clear. Pulling the plug on the season is not the failure here. That is not the failure. It's the lack of transparency. It's the lack of communication. Um, it, and it doesn't help that three of the Power Five conferences are moving forward and playing and that their, um, you know, that their medical experts are saying something different than what, he is, than what Kevin Warren is trying to say that his medical experts are saying. But, folks, I got a question. How do we decide who's a credible medical expert? Is it the medical expert that's telling us what we want to hear? Like that, that that to me is like who like everyone's like, well, I don't care what Kevin Warren's medical experts say. Here's what the SEC is saying. Well, no, I, I don't I'm not trying to be, you know, too argumentative here. But what makes what the SEC's medical experts say better than what the Big Ten's medical experts say? I think to I think it's simple and fans won't acknowledge this. But you fans, I think, just say, well, the SEC uh, medical experts are saying what is needed to be said for us to have football and because they are not because our conferences medical experts aren't saying that we think that they're full of crap and that they're wrong that's not that's weird folks like that's why like i i I just don't like this side of everything everything is i don't care what's right or wrong i just want to be told what i need to be told to allow me to cheer on my buckeyes this season that's where we're at right now that's weird i don't like that i don't like that we don't know if the sec is right or wrong but let's be clear, folks. We also don't know that the Big Ten's wrong. Right. How? I mean, we're saying that Kevin Warren's wrong just because the other conferences are playing right now. No, but they're not that's playing. The thing. They're no trying to yeah, play. No one's kicked off yet. Uh, Austin P. Give me a break. All right. Central but Arkansas. UCF just had ten players who are opting out. Uh, Ed Orgeron today at a press conference announced, "Hey, by the way, they lost their best player uh, who opted out, and that he, uh, after a meeting today, there's going to be a lot of LSU players opting out moving forward." Alabama. There's reports from Alabama that they are being investigated because there's pressure for them to hide a lot of COVID results. All right. So that's they're like, trust me, teams are starting to panic. Players are starting to kind of get a little cold feet as we get closer to the deadline. Let's be clear here. You can't say that the SEC is right until they get through a full season. And until they get through a full season, on the flip side, you cannot say that Kevin Warren's wrong. You could say he's handled this wrong, but Kevin Warren's not wrong yet. He probably will be and in where those teams are located. It has nothing to do with politics. Oh, well, if being a pawn gets us college football, then so be it. I don't care. I don't care. I just, it would be so nice to talk about Ohio State football and not be about will they kick off this year. Hopefully there is a fall season. We'll continue to keep an eye on the developments there. We got Reds baseball coming up. The Reds right now, they need to finish 15 and 10, the final 25 games of the season, if they want to finish at 500. Of course, it's a big game tonight with the Cardinals. They lost last night. They can't afford They need to take these final two if they want to keep things interesting moving forward. Thank you for tuning in. We'll do this again tomorrow. This has been the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash on 1410 ESPN Radio. Polking Bowling Centers are your connection for family fun or a great night out with friends. Looking for something to do this fall? Join your friends in a fun fall league. Adult, youth, or mixed. Take your pick. Polking Bowling Centers has a fun program just for you. Providing a safe and sanitized bowling environment. It's more than just land. It's home. Nothing runs like a deer. Get a one-series tractor for just $99 per month.
at your John Deere dealer today. For additional cost information, please call toll-free 855-633-2315. Always get your go-to at the new $10 Tastemaker from Pizza Hut. A large pizza with up to three toppings for just $10. Choose contactless delivery or curbside pickup at PizzaHut.com. Price higher in some locations. Limited time offer. Availability of contactless curbside delivery areas. Charges and minimums vary. Delivery charge not tip. <laughs> 